0: G'day Swellians, Deadly here. Hope you're all going well post the PTSD of the was Cut. Hope it hasn't shriveled your bits too much and made you just want to bury your head under a pillow and go and have a good old cry. Hopefully you're doing alright out there. Just a quick message to let you know that we've got some insane content coming your way in the next few weeks. Including a magic night in the Shire, Cronulla Shire that is, with the Techno Viking himself, The Guinness World Record holder for world's longest surf session, Blake Johnston. A massive night had down there with all the crew, and that's one that you can look forward to. Also uh, Blitzed, Regular Eps, Core Lords, and even a couple of Steaming Heats and The Greatest Stories Never Told. All coming your way in the coming weeks. And don't forget to the Goldie crew and the Northern Beaches crew, ATS Live, the True Grit Tour will be running in conjunction with the Changers live shows at the Cooley Hotel on May Friday the 12th. That's uh, Friday night, May 12th. Kalohe Brother Andino, the high-flying Venturian Aton Osborne and his royal cornist Luke Sederman of Raglan Surf Report and one more major guest about to be announced for that one. In Sydney, we're returning to the Avalon RSL Friday, May 19th. That's Friday night at the Avari, home of one of the greatest Swellian shows of all time. Guests to be announced, but avoid disappointment. Tickets for both shows are at theswellians.com. As has always been the case, ATS Live is brought to you by Billabong, and the new range graphene wetsuits are out. They're off the hook. If you're looking for superior warmth, flexibility, durability, get some of that bonkron on your back. And better be, the boys have come on. Always a day for it with the Better Beer crew. Low carb, zero alcohol, ginger. They got something for your tongue and jaw to gurn on. Uh, but in celebration of the upcoming Techno Viking episode, we've dived into the archives for this classic, crontastic Cronulla spectacular featuring Shire Royalty, Occy, Dog Marsh, and Dylan Longbottom. Smitty,
1: lead us in why don't you? Welcome to Ain't That Swell, live from Cronulla, presented by our good mates, Billabong. Billabong, number one
0: supporters of ATS Live. The entire tour, Smivy, the last tour, the tour before that, they've been with us since day dot, mate, and it's the home of the graphene wetsuit, 100% recycled Cron, keeping you warm this winter.
1: Cron from the bong, him mad.
0: Mate, uh, Cronulla. What a sick
1: show! And mm. how good was the venue, oh. South Cronulla Bowling Club, mate? What were your first thoughts when we rocked up? Reggie, Didge Bogan, Core, classic. I'll have a schooner KB and throw a fucking giant bowling ball straight through the window at that old prick's head. And that <laughs> a sick
0: joint. Big thanks to uh, Jacob, Jacob Maud, Maud. What a lord! He's a lord. Thanks for setting us off epic panel any memories from the
1: night before we uh kick into it aloha bra. here's the key to Oki's dad's car that was uh I don't know just an illuminating chat with two of the absolute greats of the Cronulla surf scene and one guy who I didn't actually know had deep roots in Cronulla Dylan Longbottom who came on late and brought it home strong are you kidding me this is one of the greatest episodes we've ever done, and Dylan Longbottom is one of the greatest guests we've ever had. And, mate, the, the Cronulla Swillians, they just uh, they called for
0: it. They, they got up us for years for never really putting it on the calendar down there, and uh, as soon
1: as we hit the Shire, mate, they turned out in force.
0: What a pack of fucking legends they are.
1: No, oh, absolute standing room only in the South Cronulla Bolo. It was a night for the ages a fucking ripper. Very mad. So uh, sit down, put your feet up. Pack one, rip one, and uh, put the earmuffs on. Come on. It's a <laughs> Code Peace Award winner who's absorbed more cerebral punishment than Julian Assange, Paul the Chief Harrigan, and Anthony Mundy combined. A Core Lord Code Degenerate of the highest order, fighting on the green corner, representing old fashioned values with new age spiritual twist. It's Sophie! Same hometown of 1990 ASP Rookie of the Year Jeremy Miles, Our next champion left school at 17 and spent the next 25 years making surf porn for iconic Aussie magazines, tracks, waves, and surfing roll. But perhaps his greatest achievement is sitting opposite your boy Sabini talking shit on the 8.12 podcast forty feet and three inches of bacon strips and earlobes make him welcome. Born, rinsed, Corn, deadly. Finally, do I want to be a part of this fucking chem wannabe to tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far off their miles that this
2: is bullshit,
3: you know? I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in just smack the lip, cool back, drop down, say bah! Well I'll tell you still, I did travel some humongous ways.
1: good Not bad. Ain't That Swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are bad. <laughs> yes, yeah, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and barnies! Welcome to Ain't That Swell live from the Nullah. That's Cronulla for the uninitiated, specifically South Cronulla Bolo. Fuck Vaughan, the smell of history is in the air. I don't know if it's history or dying or something, but it's in the air. And it's great to be here. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award-winning surf journalist, Scout Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing... Swimming! Swimming! And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal friend and co-host, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn,
3: Deadly.
0: Yes, Smithy, first shy show, it's so good to be here, thanks so much for uh, asking us to come down, crew. Fucking give yourselves a round of applause, first of all. Mad, mad. Yeah, mate, uh, I haven't been down here to the Shire for a long, long time. I think the uh, last time I was down here, jeez, oh, I've, I've seen a couple of mates here, Bunch, uh, Bud, phrase. Last time I was here, I actually partied with with those guys, and we got so fucking lit up that I, for some reason, walked out of their house and thought I was in North Sydney, and I just jumped in a cab and went, yeah, just Narrabeen, mate. And I woke up a couple of hours later, and the fucking fair, like I... Would have been cheaper to fly to Brazil. I was fucking <laughs> so mind-boggled that I'd done that. But uh, when I used to come down here, it was for pro juniors. And good to see Macca, who I used to work with on those, on your mate. Uh, yeah, well, I'd get sort of uh, pretty lit up with, you know, Grigsy and Kingy and all that sort of crew. And uh, they used to take me to a place called uh, Biggles. I don't know if you guys remember that. And uh, things would get pretty loose in there and, uh, you know some point of the night, we'd always uh, end up in the toilets and after a couple of harmless bubblers, we'd get back out there and everything would just be great. So always had a good time in Cronulla. Hope, you know, we get to share a few bubblers tonight with you guys. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, yeah, for me, Vaughn being from the eastern suburbs, coming down here was a rite of passage, you know. Uh, you just had to basically go and surf voodoo at some point and realise how much of a fucking coward you were. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, being from yeah, the Rip Bowls, Bowls, obviously, I'm. Fuck, mate, just my head was so fucking sent into a spangly state watching Jezza Herbach, Kirk off. Uh, Terrapi Richmond, fuck, I mean, the, Ox McKinley, the, it's an endless list of core lord, cone fiend, hell men from this part of the world, blue collar, fucking lunatics packing Mondo cones. It was mind-expanding, uh, really was, yeah. Um, fuck, man. And I guess as I got older and matured and entered the esteemed ranks of surf journalism, as I, uh, you know, began my trajectory towards winning my first golden cone piece... Uh, <laughs> I was able to, you know, interview some of these Cronulla legends and, and learn a bit more about the history of the place, uh, and yeah, basically, you know, this is where, this is the fucking home of the slab in this country, and uh, for me, like, that's what matters, that's the surfing that matters to me, uh, you know, contest the world tour, it's incredible, it's great, but uh, for me, it's all about getting the fucking vision, and no one knows how to get the vision like the Cronulla call so it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, Fucking no. Let's get it on.
0: Yeah, we got a, uh, a pretty special show tonight. We've got uh, a couple of prodigal sons returning home, uh, and none better than our first one. So let's get him on.
1: It's time! Fighting out of Cornell via Koolangatta, this child prodigy scaled the heights of professional surfing superstardom. Doomed the depths of depression And rose from the dead Like Lazarus with a layback On his way to winning One of the greatest world titles In history hey. Flash. Renowned For his inimitable style A backside bottom turn That could go for days Spanning an entire coastline He's bigger than Ben-Hur More iconic than Einstein, more classic than King Kong, please welcome Mark the Raging Bull. On your feet for I for the 99 World
3: Champion.
2: Hey, wow, that gets me in in the mood. I feel like popping outside for a sec.
0: (laughs) I know it's like uh, it's like you were old flat in Cronulla back in the uh, <laughs> yeah. early 80s, mate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like your old flat, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, mate. Welcome back to Cronulla, Rob. Oh
2: wow, I know. I just rocked up. Dog picked me up. It was like old times. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's radical. I can't believe the last time. I mean, I can't remember the last time I was here <laughs> with Dog. I remember yeah. at the, the last time must have been, oh, obviously it was a huge party and it was his, in his house um, back in the Triple Bull days. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to be back. I mean, South Cronulla, we drove past here and um, it's funny because a lot of the boys, um, our crew, aren't here. Yeah. Except for me and Dog, our crew are up in, um, we, we had a, a club called the RJ Memorial and that's my mate Richard James, Spike, and um, he's not dead that. Um, he, lives on the, he lives on the Gold Coast, but his dad lived... That's just, as good as
0: dead to everyone in Cronulla, <laughs> mate.
2: <laughs> but, um, but they lived just down the street. We drove by the house and, and it's funny, ironic, because the reunion is um, up at Ballina and, and uh, yeah, so I'm down here and they're up there.
1: <laughs> there's a bit and there's a bit of a story behind why that boardwriters club was created, right? Um we were talking about it just outside before. Yeah. Like uh, the scene was that heavy with the board ride, the conventional kind of board riders scene, like just heaps of heaps of junk, like heaps of heroin and that around and um the dads yeah. at the time wanted to keep their kids out of that mess, so they yeah, they kind of created their own little Pretty much, yeah. Like uh, they didn't want us to see
2: <laughs> the stuff that was going on, but we seen, sure did. I mean we didn't see that, but um But, you know, we we, – it was good because, you know, the older guys, there were some really good surfers that we lost and, um, and, uh, you know, and we just kind of saw that and steered clear from that actual thing, which is – it's kind of – I guess it's – I mean, it's all hidden now, but back then it was was very, you know, in front of,
0: you know, everyone. Mm. What do you think when you get back into town? Like, you know, having grown up here, having been part of it when it was, you know, just a young place – what do you see when you when you come here? Is your mind blown by the change? Yeah, well, you know where we grew up at Cornell, it hasn't changed a whole lot. No, it hasn't. No. Been. <laughs> I
4: don't well, think it's it like ever this will. bolo, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but you know these streets back here in South Cornell are the same. But um, in town's obviously changed. Uh, and um, you know, but the waves are still the same. Uh, but uh, it's you know it's still the good vibes are still here.
1: What are you? Fucking earth. Give it up for the orc. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, what are your defining memories of this part of the world? Like the waves, the contests, the, the characters? So many
2: memories. You know, growing up in Kernel, um, we uh, used to, we were a different crew out there. They called us rock apes. Um, <laughs> you know, we were primitive, pretty primitive out there. <laughs> you know, and uh, we grew up. Um, you know, often just walking over the sand ...because there was huge sand hills in between here and Kernell, and they were miles high. And they used to film a lot of movies there. And um, me and Dog and his older brother Jason used to walk over there early in the morning, freezing cold, and um, and uh, walk over to hills. And it was a huge walk. You know, we had to walk over miles, massive sand hills, and then. Um, I oh, always used to leave my, my trackie and my jumper there because we'd come back and be stinking hot, and and Jason used to pick up all my clothes, and he would, that's how he got his clothes, and um, because I was just too lazy to carry them back. Left a few weddies too, um, but uh they were good memories. The sand hills, and um, you know we used to walk to Voodoo, uh, and um, you know then we kind of finally progressed to Cronulla. <laughs>
0: What sort of um, surfing was stoking you out back then? Like when you were real young and you'd walk over the dunes and who were the, the alpha males and did you see some yeah. wild shit out voodoo when wild you were a Wild
2: yeah. It just one story, Jim Banks, yeah. You know, I, um, I first rode for GNS but then I rode for Jim Banks but this was before that. I was really young and um, I think I was with my best mate Richie Mauer and we walked over there one day and we knew the soil was big because we'd already seen ours and um, ours was massive where the wind was uh, northerly and um, and so we walked over there and it was like 15, 20 feet and Jim Bangs was the only one out there and uh, we are just like, who is that guy? And he was freaking surfing waves too and like it was just incredible what he was doing and and uh, yeah, so he was, um, and I've seen him do similar things at Massive Shark Island too and it's like out of, out of Shark Island going left. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he definitely is the one that comes to mind.
1: Talk to us a bit about the wave, Vui. Like, uh, I mean, how does it stack up against some of the other world's, you know, the world's other premier slabs like, I don't know, a, a Chopes or a pipe? you know, it's a very different kind of wave to those. But
2: Yeah, well, I had my heaviest hole down, hold down at Vui, um, worse than I, I, I ever had in Hawaii. I got a two-wave hole down there. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's a heavy wave. It's like right on the inside, it's kind of, it sucks out too much and you can't, where you would kind of want to backdoor it, you can't. um, So you're going to kind of take off on the side. Probably people are doing stuff out there that um, they're probably doing it these days, I don't know, but it was like I remember it just being a severe suck on the inside and then you kind of take off on the side but it was jacked up and grew into a real deep water wave but it wasn't a wife-out that got me, it was a clean-up set. Like, yeah, it was like, um, it was 12 foot, 15 foot and a wave broke out the back behind Vui where it's like never seen that before and and it was just shit for me yeah I just <laughs> I, as soon as I saw the wave I went white hot and I was like oh fuck i am in trouble and and then I went ping and then I just dove deep and I just everything was black and I couldn't get up and then the next wave just went Whoo! and then the third wave I got up by the third wave and it the lip went straight down my throat that was my breath and then oh, I thought I was going to drown and then I, I ended up like near the rocks and yeah. But yeah, I went home and said, Mum, I don't want to be a big wave rider. And she's like, it's okay, son, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, I think I'd been a Hawaii once before that maybe, yeah,
1: yeah or twice. That's <laughs> a wild fucking story. We're going to bring Dylan Longbottom up here in a bit. Um, I understand, you know, he's got his family's got such a deep lineage here. In fact, uh, his old man used to own the surf shop that you worked in when you were a grom, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, um, he I know he glassed at GNS where I, um, you know, I that was my first sponsor, and um, I don't know about a surf shop, but Dylan will my um, memory shot. <laughs> but Dylan, Dylan will fill us in. But what, you know,
1: what do you remember about uh, his old man and that family?
2: Yeah, um, his old man was a boarder and uh, a really good one, you yeah, know, um, ch- charged out the point in Shark Island and um, he was a really quiet man, uh, didn't speak much but uh, he was cool. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, well, it's funny because Dylan and that moved when they were young, really young. So, yeah, we never obviously got to party with them. <laughs> uh, even though I started pretty young but... Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so they moved out. But uh, Dylan, yeah, um, Dylan's probably got stories, yeah. He's
1: got a couple. Uh, should we get our, f- our second guest
0: up here? Be... We're going to go deep into some Cronulla folklore here. Let's get these two together. Let's get our second guest up here. He uh, came all the way back from Narraveen today. Here we go. And now our next guest is for Cronulla, the shark park. More Cronulla than ScoMo. More Cronulla than Bubblers in the Toilets at North East. After an incredible junior career, he hit the World Tour where he enjoyed 10 years with highlights including a CT win in Reunion, a Pipeline Masters Final, and a Top 10 finish in 1992. But his biggest highlight... And when he, Rob Bain, Shane Herring, and Neil Purchase Jr. appeared in a hot tuner ad, forming a human caterpillar, joined by nipple piercings. He's the founder of the Triple Bull Surf Shop, a tsunami survivor, and now one of the world's elite level surf coaches. Please unroll your lipstick for Richard the Dog. Whoa! Folks, Oki and Dog in the same room in Cronulla. Oh Hasn't happened since. You for that. Amen. <laughs> I think the cops were called last time you were in the same room in Cronulla, weren't
3: they? <laughs> they probably were. <laughs> the neighbours were probably used to it.
0: Um, how was your day, Dog? Uh, first, let's just start with the comp. Uh, obviously, you're coaching uh, a handful of guys in that. The uh, surf was pretty challenging. How, how did you view it as a surf coach?
3: Pretty good. I had uh, three wins and uh, third place. So
0: Tell us about the atmosphere over there, pro surfing back in Sydney for the first time in a long time.
3: Uh, both you guys have surfed in the Coke at Narrabeen. How, was it familiar to be back over there? Oh, it was amazing. You know, that's one thing. Uh, the waves obviously have been a bit lacking in quality, but to have the crowd on the beach and that enthusiasm, it's really cool. You know, it makes up for the B-grade waves. There must have been, I think the sellout was 5,000 people on the beach and that was one in, one out like some fancy nightclub <laughs> after 10 a.m. Biggles. Man, and I swear, I reckon there was a couple of thousand Brazilians and they were all sitting around me. <laughs> like, I don't know how they get visas, but they're all there. <laughs> um, what about you, Ock? What are your memories of surfing in the
0: at, at Narrabeen? Because you've been doing it, both of you guys, since the pro junior which you both won uh was the official or the unofficial world title at the time like a lot of history both of you surfing there fond memories
2: fond memories yeah it always used to be back uh, it used to be early January so we'd be just kind of coming back from Hawaii hey and um and yeah so it'd be uh is that true
3: do you remember? We had, we had a final there. We had a final. The year you won was a final with me. And the waves? What? Oh, if you won it, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was underscored 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing one. At, was it Worrywood? No. No, was it was at Narrabin. It was on the left. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: That must have stung the north side to uh, south side boys making the final. They're pretty territorial up there
3: don't remember any Northside people being there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Righto, moving right along. Uh, no,
2: you know what, it used to be the moving on that we used to do and, um, you know, back then there was a really hot uh, Goofy footer called Tottingham and um, I guess he was in the Pro Genius too and uh, and then um, and obviously Duma uh, and BL and that. But he wasn't that hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> D- Dumoul wasn't that hot. <laughs> uh, what about just before we get he into... A late bloomer. ...India Cronulla <laughs> lives. Do you have any, uh, like, did you have good results at, in, at Narrabeen? Like, who, how do you see it sort of playing out? Well, first of all, your history with Narrabeen after the Pro Juniors, going there for the CT events. Did it pan out well for you guys there? I remember you, in your comeback years, had a good result there, maybe a semis when Kelly was kind of tearing.
2: Far out, I don't remember that either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're in trouble here, crew. We're in trouble. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, mate. I was watching the footage. Actually, uh, Tim Bernathan. I've been going through all of his old stuff, and there's, there's footage of you, mate. Like, come on, tell me the year. It's it must be. It must be the year before your world title. Around that time.
1: Okay. It's I
0: really. Still don't cool. remember.
1: <laughs> don't worry about it, mate. I'm interested to know, Dog, obviously you're working with uh, some top flight athletes at the moment. You, you can see into the inner workings of, uh, you know, just fucking elite level surfing. You know, how's it changed? How's the game changed since you guys were knocking around?
3: A lot more than this, <laughs> than this establishment. <laughs> we're kind of like dinosaurs now, but it's like I sometimes I feel like Tommy Radonikus walking on the field. <laughs> like, touch them up, you know, get in their space. And we've got these (laughs) Apple film crews at the moment. They're filming like a Formula One style. I don't know what, like a documentary or infomercial. I don't know, but they got they like the way you said documentary there. I just you don't watch much SBS, do you? Documentary, (laughs) (laughs) but they mic you up and it's really you really got to be careful what you say and particularly me because I'm a little bit unfiltered when it comes to that like say so yeah I've really got to watch myself
1: at a the moment a bit of take his fucking head off <laughs> like that kind of shit yeah
3: yeah like get in his space like make him uncomfortable and mm-hmm. that was kind of how there was no priority when we were kids and it was shit we learned that through the old boys you know rabs and those old gnarly warriors taught us like well basically they towed us up and just kind of fucked us over eh? and so yeah we they're, they're protected by priority now and they still kind of feel threatened you know it's changed that much wow. that's a good analogy
1: what was the heaviest treatment you ever caught
3: oh man there were some brutal times like back then no priority i had a freaking heat i think i caught two waves i just actually i'll tell you the story i, I got rob bain on an interference he just dropped in on me. He just didn't look. I didn't mean it. After that, he just rattled out and went, you're not going to catch another fucking wave and you're not getting through this fucking heat. <laughs> and to his word, I did not. He just dropped. They made him come in in the end, but by then my heat was done. They're like, Rob Bain, come to the beach. One more drop in. The wave he dropped in. He dropped in me one more time to get to the beach. <laughs> and that was a wrap. I was like, yep, yeah, that, that's kind of got to remember that. How do you coach your charges
0: against someone like Medina? Like when, when you've got an, an Italo or, you know, these alpha males that are just so psychotically, you know, able to pull a win out of nothing. Like wh- wh-
3: is it all about the attitude or is it tactics or what do you fuel your you charges with? I don't know want to speak too much. Kingy's in the room, isn't he? Ah, he is too. The new Brazilian head here. coach is right here. <laughs> Fucking <A>. Hey. <laughs> Hey, it's free. That's why he's here, isn't it? Get the dirt. <laughs> no, but yeah, they're really hard to beat, you know. But pressure. It is. Because they're used to people giving them space. And you give those guys space, they're going to create opportunity and they land it. So, you know, you've just got to kind of smother them. And, and if you can waste a bit of the clock, that doesn't hurt either.
1: I wanted to know as well, yeah. What's your read on the Brazilian storm? You know, fuck, man. They're like Italo surfing today is uh, was mind boggling. He just seems on a complete other level. Uh, yeah, what do you make of it all, man? I'd like to get your kind of read on as an elite surf coach. Like they're, they, they. Uh, this sounds a
3: bit cruel, but take Australia back kind of twenty years. Like they're changing their family's life, mate. Not like, you know, they're buying houses for their mums, their dads, their brothers, their, you know, it's it's life-changing every event. The amount of money we're talking about is, yeah, it's life-changing. And Australians, a lot of the top Australian guys haven't had that. They've been really well supported through juniors. So there's that
1: hunger and you can't buy that. Nah, well said, man. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Jadson, uh, I heard an interview with Jadson. He was talking about... As a child, you know, his, his parents uh, gave birth to him. I think they were like 13 years old and 15 years old. Like, it's mind-boggling stuff. And, uh, you know, he was getting pushed into playing soccer, being a professional soccer player, because it was just a way to make money. And he was good. He was going to go and, uh, you know, enter one of those youth development camps. But it turned out he had a bit of an aptitude for surfing, and that's the path he took. But, yeah, he's you know, he's made... He's made a career... He was He's the beating heart of the Brazilian Storm, in my opinion. He was the guy who had all the grit and mongrel in the world and uh, he's the ultimate perennial battler. And I guess, you know, Italo's from the same part of Brazil as him, you know, Rio Grande, the Norte up there in the north. It's like the poorest part of Brazil. And, uh, yeah, he just fucking reeks of that battler spirit. Italo, he's, uh, he's just leaving no stone unturned. His mum had him when she was 13 years old. Something like that, yeah. Th- like... Like 13 or 15, that was on uh, the WSL's podcast. But uh... <laughs> Hey, mate, imagine when he popped out, you just put a beard on him. He wouldn't have changed.
0: <laughs> uh, just finally on the coaching thing, like do you think coaches oh, – <laughs> silly question for you, but I mean I was going to say do you think they're necessary? <laughs> Clearly they are. But oh, like when you guys were on tour, do you think you would have benefited from having that sort of wisdom and that sort of, did you ha- ever have coaches in your career?
3: Yeah, we did. We had the worst coach in the fucking world. We had Derek Hine, man. How bad was he, bro? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. We've got to was... hear a story. Tell us about
0: Derek Hine giving you some feedback on your heat.
1: Some epic news, Swellians. We are in business with Athletic Greens Australia. That's right. AG1, the all-time, all-purpose, epic supplement made from... 75 super high quality vitamins minerals and whole food sourced ingredients thanks to countless studies we now know that better gut health can lead to better health overall with their comprehensive blend of pre and probiotics ag1 was designed to help support gut health so your whole body can thrive i love this stuff i'm an avid biohacker and supplementer and this is top of the pops in my opinion that's why all the big dogs are on it your lex friedman's your joe rogan's between trying to get enough exercise sleep and good nutrition taking care of your health can sometimes feel like a full-time job i know it does for me between all the meditation and breath work and ice baths and exercise it can be really difficult to prepare meals and just get the adequate nutritional intake that you need to survive and thrive in this life. But AG1 really simplifies that, covering your nutritional bases with just one scoop mixed in water every morning. AG1 is more than just greens. It's designed to support whole body health through its proprietary blend of 75 high-quality ingredients. It helps support digestion, mental focus, sleep, and more. I love the stuff. It is a crucial component in my health and well-being, especially when I'm on the road bringing you the shenanigans. So if you're ready to take ownership of your health, today is the perfect time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Swellians. Check it out.
3: <laughs> what? Okay, I'll give you one. Come on. Derek Hind. Uh, there was about four of us going for one spot on the tour, and the tour back then was Widdly Wonka's golden ticket, okay? Like, getting out of the frickin' Cornell getting a tour ticket was massive. Ock was already on tour. <laughs> Ock jumped in real easy. So anyway, there was Greeny, Ock and a, Mitch Thorson, a bunch of good guys on tour. Wayne Jaggard was with us. So. Jag, I think he was one of the golden tickets. Yeah. Oh, okay. But maybe he was sponsored by a big surf shop. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it was all political. But long story short, like he sat us all down. There was about three of us and went, whoever does this is his there's no pressure, but whoever does best gets the golden ticket out of these three events. Good luck. <laughs> and that was about it. That I was swear to God. Terrible. <laughs> like, how do you start a freaking tour, Leg, with that as your encouragement? Like, good luck. If he does better than you, you're out. It was gnarly, mate. Like Back then was a different world, you know. Mm. Sp- well, sh- should we take it right back, Smithy?
1: Yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, let's go right, right, well, right, 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 right back. How,
0: back. How did you guys meet? Do you remember meeting for the first time? Or describe sort of like your lives together as you sort of bonded and became friends and surf we around oh, you.
2: very young. Well, we're probably we wouldn't remember. Probably two, one to two years old. You know, we grew up just up the street. Um, you know, uh, my dad was Italian and, um, and dad, Dog's dad was a fisherman
0: I thought you were going to say Dog's Dad was a Labrador <laughs> then <Interesting. laughs>
4: for
2: But, uh, at a really young age, yeah, um... Colonel. <laughs> but, um, Dog's Dad was gnarly. I remember I, he had a steep driveway... ...and one time I was fucking around in the, front, in the front of the car... ...and accidentally hit the gear stick... ...and the car just flew down the driveway off this little cliff... And just went into the trees and the aura was, like, really close um, through the bushes and he kicked me up the ass so far I flew and then just went, went home squealing like a Labrador.
0: Oh, imagine hitting a kid now like that, mate. <laughs> oh, you'd be fucked.
3: <laughs> it's marsh folklore. There's actually a photo of the car, like, kind of wedged in a tree <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> Ocky and
0: cars, man. There's so many good uh, yarns. Mate. So, but you're a bit older. Who's the oldest out of you? You're a bit me, older, yeah, right? So yeah. was were you sort of just like, this is me big bro, what he says, I'm doing, let's go? Was it that sort of friendship?
3: Kind of not, really, eh? I used to tease him and stuff like, I don't know. Like, we kind of got closer because Oc left early. Like, Oc went for a contest and ended up... ...fucking making the Pipe Final or something. Like he went away like a grommet from the, like, the hood... ...and turned back up like with a massive trophy... ...and contracts and all that shit. We didn't even understand. That was a magazine to us. We had no understanding. Like Jim Banks was kind of a phantom. And so that was kind of like this reality check. hey For everyone we are just like what the fuck. You know, he, he just made the Pipe Masters Final... <laughs> What the hell, like, and so no, nah, it kind of started slowly like that, eh? Your pro career in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, it was because um, I'd made the tour a couple, a few years before, dog. Oh, a long time. Yeah, even longer. Yeah. But um, because yeah, well, I mean, once I made it, I knew, I saw the look in Dog's eyes. He's like, I want to make that too, and and he just persistently tried his guts out, <laughs> and he made it. Yeah, yeah. and um.
3: Yeah, I had to try. I o- did it really easy and made it look super sexy. Mine was a bit like B grade porn. Like, if you want to get my career trajectory, it's a bit like B grade porn where I went top end. You know, I don't know. I do know, but
0: I don't. But I do. <laughs> um, but like my my uh, my sort of. Introdu- I remember when I was a little tiny grom, my uh, grandparents got me a subscription to the Surfing World, and you guys like had lots of pages in there doing little road trips together. You know, like hitting Aussie Pipe, or I don't know, just the, whenever they sort of like both Hugh and Bruce came down to this region, it was always the two of you. Did you did you sort of did you feel like you were together in your
3: surfing journey, or was it just that Ock ok was on his program and you were on yours? Nah, we were super together. Like uh, I'll tell you, just an analogy for that. Like Oc's dad used to have a real job. He was a um, a civil engineer and uh, he used to work in the city super early in the morning. Like leave in dark, get home in dark. So oh, we had no licences and Oc and I used to steal his car. And we worked out because we used to put our push bikes in his parking spot. Because obviously if the f- he comes back and the car's fucking tens paces away. <laughs> Even Lechano might remember. So we, we bought some chain and locks, and we put two <laughs> two old push bikes in a V and chain them together with so much chain no one could move them. Leave them there all day. Go to pipe, <laughs> catch, like get barreled, and then come back before Lechano got back off the train. So that was kind of our daily our daily sort of habit. And we used to do it all the time, and we never got busted. And like I couldn't believe it.
2: We had a key cut, everything it was a little like, uh, a little golden dat, uh, Datsun, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, we just like, it was incredible. Even we'd even get a lift to the train station and they'd jump on the train and he thought we were going to school, but he would just wait for him to jump on the train just go see you. that. Was, it feels bad
3: now. I just it, imagine people driving past those two push
1: bikes today. <laughs> That's one of the all-time skullduggery stories. I can't believe you had the courage to pull that off. Like, uh, what would happen if your old man found out? Would he kick the shit out of
2: you? I don't know. My dad wasn't aggressive, but um, (laughs) not like yours. (laughs) 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 But my dad just used to be, like, far out. I mean, because his name's like Lechano Ocalupa. You could think he's in the mafia or something. But um, and, but he would just be like the threats and like the, you know... ...just if he get mixed up in like... ...I remember when the like South Americans brought a lot of shit over... ...and my dad like saw it in the paper, and he said... ...if you get my name caught up in that shit it's freaking. ...and by the look on his face I'm like oh shit like... ...is he gonna come in and get his people to kill them or what's gonna go on because... <laughs>
1: And, Dog, were you conscious of how good Ock was as a Grom? Like, did you, you know, on those trips to Aussie Pipe, was he blowing your mind?
3: I guess not as much as I should be. Like, I just sort of felt like it was really organic that you just... But that's what dragged me along too, you know. We, um, And all of us from back in Cornell and Cronulla as well. Like, I don't think he knew how good he was. True, right? I don't think you had any... Odd, well, when you left for the first trip, like, you proper, like... <laughs> It was kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, well, because I wasn't
2: actually – I didn't think I was that good. And then it, the, the boards made a lot. I mean, I'm not saying Jim Banks' boards were shit. But um, <laughs> but my surfing changed when I got on those Rusties, like, just like that. Like, ouch, that hurt. I couldn't even <laughs> bang the table. But it really changed. I remember the day, like, in California that I got the board and – because – Fuck the waves over there are hard to surf, and, you know they're not like here. And then and I was having I was struggling, and then I got the board, and I'll never forget the day I was at Newport, and it was just like, I'm like, are you kidding me? And then it just freaking
0: changed. Yeah. That was uh that was yeah that fucking that that is an iconic era. You on the Rusties, I re- I really reckon you know a lot of success followed with that. You started winning those current heats, like everything starts building towards this sort of crescendo of of premium, peak era Ocky. in that time. And uh, what were you thinking, mate? Like, w- were you sort of already starting to get on tour when Ock was doing
3: that, or was uh, were you a couple of years after that? Nah, I was... Um oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, uh, Jed, what is it? Come on,
0: what is it? Mate, healing? that's
1: some uh, Swellian brand CBD oil, if you'd uh, like to try some, mate. Just <laughs> knock yourself out. Does it Under it the tongue.
0: Yeah, it works, mate. Oh, it's great. Hey, but, yeah, what I wanted to know was... like, What's the dosage?
1: You look like your hunting rabbit with
3: those eyes. Look at you.
0: <laughs> I'm
3: fucking pumped, mate. I'm sitting up
0: here with Dog and Ocky. Come on, bro. Hey, um, but what I wanted to know was, like, did you, were you on tour when, when those current heats, were the 86 years, you know, like, when, when Ock was
3: just fucking blowing up, surfing, like, out of his skin? That was my first year on tour, I think. Yeah. 80, you went on tour 84 I don't remember. (laughs) I'm only joking. Uh, Yeah, like, it was around
2: then
0: for sure. So what what I want to know from you, dog, is, like, when you're watching that surfing, like, it's not the kid you went down the coast with anymore. You're watching the best surfing that's ever happened. You're watching two titans go at it. Like, where was your head at when you were getting on tour?
3: I asked for a rusty, of course. (laughs) I rang up and went... Get me one of them, can you? Freaking hell! I want that, and he did. To his credit, he met me in uh, LAX airport. Remember that? In, a, in Bob Hurley's borrowed <laughs> Volvo, he kicked us out about three days after that. Uh, but with a brand new rusty, it was one of the best days ever, man. We caught up in uh, just after you won Huntington, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny just and <laughs> then. <laughs> I was like, Bob Hurley had the Volvo and then he had like, really nice car and me and Doug looking at each other going, maybe we should steal that one. We'll take- <laughs> we should take that car. And, like, "When's he get back from work? Uh, ask his missus.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so good. I guess what I'm getting at is did the surfing that, like, because everyone looks at the bells here with you and Karen, right, as one of the best and most timeless examples of fucking premium performance ever what did it look like for you guys did it look like what we're seeing italo and gabby and john john do now was it just from the future or was it just can you sort of take us to that the headspace of being a another competitor looking at these guys go
3: at it i think it was kind of uh, better in some ways it it held more the impressions you took home was it just went up a couple of levels you know, I think the guys on tour at the time, there was Simon Still, there was, like, Sean Thompson. And those guys, uh, like, us young guys looked at it and went, shit, we got to raise our game, you know. Like, we're, we're not there. But those guys just, I think heaps of them retired. Like, they just kind of went, shit, we're never going to get there. So, no, that was, like, that was a big breakthrough, I reckon, in professional surfing. That's still one of the most competitive, uh, exciting heats uh, to watch, I reckon, ever.
1: And in terms of the dynamic on tour at that time, like I understand, there was you know it was almost cut down the middle. You had your kind of clean skin, really focused, you know, world title material guys, and then you had your fucking raging party boys. Uh, your Brad Gerlachs, your Rod Currs. Uh, I mean, which field did you guys fall into? <laughs> a little from column a, a, little from column B. Ah, uh, I thought we
2: parted pretty harder than those guys. <laughs> Um,
3: those guys thought they were partying, yeah, but little did they know. I can clarify that we were definitely setting our own column. <laughs> we were setting our own column for
0: sure. It was triple A, not not column A, <laughs> not column B, triple A up there with dog and Ock. But let's um, let's talk about when Ock left the tour, dog, because you would have still been competing. What was going through your mind at that time? I might finish a couple of places higher. <laughs> Mates, how good are they?
3: <laughs> um,
0: uh, I mean, were, were you, you know, we, we had the, the talent of a generation sort of fall off tour and go through some pretty hard times.
3: <laughs> it was pretty ruthless back then, to be honest. Like, you, you didn't get too sentimental about guys having a break, you know? Like, really? Like, it's kind of like you, you're doing it for yourself back then. I, I, I di- wasn't in that space where I was really worried about too many other people around me. I was pretty selfish, fuck. He was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, you kind of got to be though, right? I mean, yeah. you've got to
2: be on tour. It's an individual thing and, you know, and then, yeah, I needed a break.
0: Oh, that, I find, oh, that's a really interesting answer. Just like, oh, I'm going to finish higher because he's not there. Like, I, I reckon that's truthful. So I, I really I, no, I, appreciate joking. that. Aren't I you? Mean, it is funny, but it's truthful. But, um, yeah, and then what about, mate, uh, let's talk about your win in Reunion. Uh, on tour for you know a few
3: years and then finally getting that breakthrough. Can you talk us through that event? Oh, shit myself, man. I've been in, I think, six finals and never won one. I was to, it was like a full, they call it the monkey on your back. And it's true, it really weighs you down. And I remember Simon Law was actually caddying for me at the time and I got a really good one I got a tube and went for some layback and I fell off and Law was in the channel caddy and he just went... If you ever do that again, I'll fucking punch you. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck around, man. Calm my nerves." Like you're not helping much here, but it's true. Like it just it builds up. You get this expectation in your mind, you know. And so no, it was really cool. And the ways were pumping. I was who was in the win, final like... with you? Uh, Sorry, <laughs> who <laughs> was in the final? with you? Doing the interviews now. Well, yeah, he'll, he'll take I'm over a... the show. Mate, and Give a... him a mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Swellian. <laughs> I've paid my dues it was actually who was in the semi-final my, my, the one guy that always beat me and I think every pro surfers had this was Dave McCauley I couldn't hate him he was so nice he's the guy that would lend you sandpaper he would like give up his seat on a plane if you weren't I ha- want oh, a window seat. you'd be complaining Dave you got to take mine <laughs> Uh, I should not hate him and I beat him in the semi and then it was Sumney in the final, I think uh, Slater in the quarter, but they were easy compared to Dave, I was just, again, just like, oh, not him again, he, like, he beat me in a final in Japan, he, it was like he won a car and all the money and all the rest didn't matter, he won a five year supply of beer. And he didn't drink. That one just beat me up, man. I still haven't forgot it. I'm like, fuck. How unjust. I, f- I feel the same about...
0: <laughs> I feel exactly the same about people who can grow hair but shave their head bald. I fucking... It's just... Why? It's, it's not fair, mate. <laughs> uh, so... Oh, we agree with that, don't we, <laughs> <laughs> Um Well... Mate, that was a great win. Uh, like, what about, uh, I think it was the same year maybe or a couple of years later, you finished in the top ten um, and there was a great quote from you going, yeah, I only, I only drank beer four times that year. Was, was it that simple? Was it just like getting focused, zoning in on your career a little bit more than the parties? And
3: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I just, like, worked out that guys are, they're really good, you know, Ock and all those guys, Curran, Sunny, Duma... BL, all those guys are monsters, to beat them so hard. And I just felt like I just had to – I wanted to finish my uh, career with no regrets. I'd, I'd learned pretty early on that I had to put in the extra work to be, to be straight honest and just look in the mirror and strip it back and go, what can I do to help myself do the best I can? And that's – I guess that's how I – to fast track 30 years, how I ended up a coach too, you know. It's just like – can you look yourself in the mirror after how, however many years on tour and just go, did you give it your best shot? And I can, and so I'm really stoked I did that. But, yeah, like, you got to – there's sacrifice in professional sport.
1: Before we – got to get Dill up pretty soon, but there's a few things I want to touch on before we do that. Um, i just go back to the coaching. I know you're working with Federico Moraes and uh, Ryan Cowanen, and uh, I wanted to get you a bit of an insight into Cowanen because I know you were there right through you know one of the most tragic kind of runs of events that I've ever heard of anyone going through, uh, the loss of both his parents uh, a year apart. Um, And just his ability to bounce back from that uh, just seems so remarkable to me. Like uh, I've never seen someone absorb that level of uh, mental punishment, grief, um, the stress, just the sheer toll that would have been taken on his body, the cortisol and all the shit just flushing through his uh, central nervous system and, and to bounce back in the fashion That he's done i mean you were there right through that whole period i know federico you know was right there for calinan as well like can you talk a bit about that period
3: yeah it's really good the journey i've had in coaching i'm with um and leo Ferravanti too i coached him at 12 years old um ryan and uh fred have been over 11 years now so it's been a journey you know and that's why you get really invested in it it's uh turns into a, a job and more than a job a um yeah, real passion and Ryan... But I think to answer your question, that's what you see Ryan now. That's probably where he could have been without that um, tragedy in his life. Uh, it's probably taken that long to repair and to heal himself, you know?
1: And what, what was the process? I mean, what was your role in, you know, helping him through all that and how did the community come together around him to kind of aid that process, I guess?
3: Uh, it's really hard. Like, I'm no psychologist, you know, but I, I hooked him up with a sports psych and you, you got to know when you don't know. You know, you, you don't know everything and I definitely don't. And um, But, yeah, I saw the signs and I put the people or help put the people in place and he had really good um, family support as well with his uncles, cousins, sisters and stuff. But it was a gnarly time, you know. It's, mm.
1: Yeah, and uh, a couple other things, mate. Just absolutely pivotal moments in your life, dog. Uh, let's talk about Hot Tuna, your time with Hot Tuna, mate, and the great Richard Meldrum, the great Freakazoid, mate. What was uh, what was that experience like? Uh,
3: it was unreal. Like it was really good to be able to create your own space with a brand like that, and that's what he allowed you to do. Like he kind of brought you on board, and then went, "What do you want to do?" Like then I thought I was like. You know suburban punk I wanted it all black, so he just made me all black. That's all I wore for three years, just like black, black, black and he was just unreal man just and the photos, that always helps like doing like model shoots with hot chicks and it's way better than Billabong for that. let me tell you I'm a holding hands with Oki and Greenie and Mitch Thorson and Rabbit getting shot by. Peter Crawford or something like, like come on give me a
0: break well, I think both of you guys have featured in pretty much the most iconic Advertop fashion
3: shoots ever for different what, reasons well Op was in corduroy in front of shoes that was like what he did mate give me a break that shit give you me definitely a... got the better end of the
0: stick yeah, for sure
3: mate I get ball rashes well, at, at the end end of your
0: career you were you were nipple chained to Bo Emerton and Shane Herring so it evens out in the end mate
3: you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I don't know, it all made sense at the time.
2: <laughs> I did one, a uh, peak wetsuit, at, though, with a Playboy chick. I was once. <laughs> she had no top one. I had no bottoms on. I had to hold my peak wetsuit next to me in the noon.
0: Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that one. And uh, how did you go? Was it a cold day? or...? Uh... <laughs> I did all right. <laughs>
1: Oh man, and dog the tsunami, mate. What was the uh, what was the story there? You narrowly avoided uh, death and disaster in the jungle.
3: Yeah, I feel like I've narrow- narrowly avoided death a few times, to be honest. But yeah, that was definitely one of them, and I had some nightmares, man. Unpacking that took a couple of years Can for you sure. Take us like. We've heard uh, – we've had Bainey and
0: Rich on the podcast before. So you've heard it too much. No, no, we've heard of it. Like what the, the story that everyone has their own experience of, of the sensation of it coming. We, did you sense or, or hear or have any sort of inkling that it, you were about to get smashed? Because Bainey was awake uh, – was he awake? No, he woke up just with his mozzie net and water going crazy. Did you
3: – s- Yeah, we knew it was coming. I was on the beach with Rich and, um, yeah, we knew it was coming. We weren't asleep. Um But I'm going to flip that into a um, funny story because it's a bit raw, that one. But I'll tell you, Simon Law. So the first wave comes, we just get all totally fucked up. Like proper thought you were dead kind of fucked up. So full instinct kicks in, like crazy survival instinct. In the dark, we're all nude, just like beaten up. I look and there's one tree, it wouldn't be higher than this roof and it's as thin as about this beer glass. And there's Simon Law strapped, (laughs) he's strapped a leggy on his foot and he's scaling the tree, screaming at me, dog, there's another one coming, get a a board, strap a board. So I strap a board, I pull my leggy in, there's about this much left. It's like a third of a board and laws up a tree. <laughs> and he stands set about four foot off the ground. The thing that came through was about 25 foot. It moved like three tonne of concrete 20 feet. And in his mind, he thought he'd killed it. He got up the only tree. What the fuck are you guys doing? I'm from Stockton. You're not catching up. I got this tree. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like a koala... Climbing a traffic cone and then getting hit by a semi. <laughs> it's like, I'm safe up here. Boof. <laughs> you're gone.
1: Oh, how long did it take to, um, you know, just come to terms with that? And how do you come to terms with something that's just bone-jarring, central nervous system rattling as that?
3: Oh, you're just thankful you're alive. I, like, for me personally, I just feel sorry for all the Indonesians that no-one reported died. There's thousands, you know. That's the... For me, that's the real tragedy. A couple of freaking white, spoiled Australians in hospital in a private hospital with blood infections. It's just not that big a deal.
1: Well said. All right, let's... uh, I think we're going to get our next guest up. It's time! Our next guest... Is the man who put the core in Core Lord. A mutant slap chasing the madman. The highest up He's clocked up more fish inside arms of mortal coal than Then John John Florence has crook the trailblazer in the realm of strapped-in aerials, in no exploration and now surfboard design. There isn't a big wave surfer on earth who doesn't dock the gap when he paddles into a heavy water lineup. A deep state granola kingpin, word had it, when Skomo came in and ordered a custom mid-length report, listen, shoot. He handed the PM a cob of corn instead and told him to shove it up his cake hole He's the underground Hellman's underground hero. Please make him welcome, Dylan Lombardo! <laughs> Fuck yeah. Welcome to the program,
4: Dill. Yeah. Thanks to having me, mate. So um, good to have
1: you. You're one of my uh, my most cherished surf heroes, mate. I've I've been lucky enough to cross paths with you a few times, and uh, yeah, it's an absolute... in Bali, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Honoring and a privilege to have you here. Uh, mate, I guess let's just start with your roots here, man. Talk us through your deep roots in Cronulla because, yeah, we'll, we kind of touched on it before, but your old man's a local Oh, Well, that
4: would be the opposite. Oki called him a kneeboarder. <laughs> no, he's not. That was a knee border. you kidding me? No, no. Yeah, I'm I remember it well. Far no, out. No. I knew that, actually. No, I was just no, letting no. you sit <laughs> in that for a while. I was, like, was like, oh, no. Das like... Oh, give it yeah! No, Dad. My Dad. Um, I grew up just down the road here, Orion Avenue. I was a Sancho's local, and um, yeah, it was good. Like I was only young, and my Dad was the full Sancho's local, and he was he was the part owner of GNS and the glasser there for thirty years. I got Street. that part right. Yeah, you got that part right. You got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I was like a, I, I was probably only like four, five, six. And Dazza was like eight, nine, ten, and Oki was trying to work out the um the the it was the old school put the money in you know two cents, one cent, and Oki was trying to work it out back then as a sixteen-year-old. He was the working at GNS, and we were, I was a young kid. We were like we we're laughing at him back then. <laughs> what were we putting the money in? You were doing it. You were trying to work it out. The cash register. Yeah, the pokey's register. Oh, was shit. like. It was since then. I could get like 20 bucks yeah, through the mass yeah, yeah. game. i I love, I'd love working that. I 30 You working. never
3: worked at Junos.
4: Yes, I never did. let
3: you
2: near the I'd cash love register. i loved working on the cash register. I can't even say it.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah.
1: And your old man, you also had a pretty heavy involvement in the, the Borough Pairs, the big surf con here back yeah. in the day.
4: Yeah, so this whole Sanchez crew was Graham Cassidy. Um, so he was actually Westy, he, he moved in and they, they created the world tour. And um, it was my dad and Sid and Reno, Reno is my godfather and they ran the world tour. And um, I was a young grommy at the, at the Burrow Pairs and at the night surfing with these guys. And um, it was awesome, you know, and they ran the world tour, the people from Cronulla. It was my dad and Sid and they ran the world tour for years. Were you at the Burrow Pairs? I was there, I was there as a young grom. I was at the night surfing with these guys. I was there as a the Grommet, me and my brother. Um, I was at Straight Talk, Burry Pairs, Surf About. I was all there as a young grommy. I was touching the boards, like, couldn't believe it. I had all the T-shirts. I was in there because my dad, my dad was the judge and tabulator of them. Sid ran the contest. Uh, Reno was the um, caterer. <laughs> Reno was there, you know, Reno and Carol from here. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was just, unbelievable as a grom. Just
0: before we move on from the Burry Pairs, like, whenever I hear... Uh the generation before yours, on. <laughs> the generation before yours always talks about seeing you for the first time at the bow repairs. Was that a big con for you? Do you remember that? Your first one?
2: The first bow Pairs?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> no, I, yeah, I do remember this one. I do. I remember this one. I promise. Now, I, um, I got through the trials and I remember I had Tom Carroll in my first heat. And I, we moved out of home, me and Richie Maurer and uh, we moved in with a couple of chicks. And uh, we we're still in school. We we're in, like, year 10. And um, and I was that excited that I made it through the trials. I jumped over our fence and didn't jump high enough and r- ripped my knee open. Whoa. Had to get stitches. I was so pissed. <laughs> and, uh, I you know, I just... I'm so clumsy, but yeah. And then Tom smoked me, but I do remember it. It was at
4: the alley. Yeah.
1: yeah. How big of a deal was that Conest? for this part of the world? Like just bringing the whole circus here. How much of an influence? Well, that? I, I was just
4: a young grommy, And for me, it was massive, you know. Um, they had like black war paint under their eyes and, and, um, I remember I think Richo won it and the Sudley come up it was massive you know they had the lights I think it was down the beach Lura or Wanda
2: Yeah it was a, And yeah.
4: um I think Richo run it, uh, won it and um I just remember you all you guys had all these like 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 it was gnarly it was so good it
2: was really fun I didn't actually surf that night cuz I was still in the Connors the next day but uh but, like, the place got trashed, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. there was, from like, the family, yeah. 20... No, no, not from the wind, from the people. <laughs> yeah, that... <Probably> doesn't <laughs> sound like Cronulla. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it was, like, there was so many people there. I watched. I didn't yeah. surf. Yeah. And, like, after that, everyone was blind and they just trashed houses, like, from yeah. here. That's why it was never done again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, do I have a
3: confession yeah. to make. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was him. <laughs> Yes, my son. (laughs) There was some barriers that no-one was watching that we might have blocked the whole of Allura Road with. (laughs) Just, like, I don't know why that made sense at the time. It was just like, if I could just (laughs) disorganise this already disorganised event even more. But there was 50,000 people at the beach, mate. It was unbelievable. It was huge. It was massive. Yeah, if everything you did on the pierce made sense, the courts would be empty, mate. (laughs)
1: And then from Cronulla, uh, the family up and moved down to Dapto, mate.
4: Yeah, I couldn't Fucking believe hell. Like, I, I had no choice. I was, I was like, I went to South Cronulla Public here, so we we're growing up down the road here. And uh, me and Dazza, I done a year and a half at South Cronulla Public here, and then uh, we moved to Dapto from Cronulla, and uh, we was like, oh, you know, and no, I grew up with footy players and curries, and but you know, it was really good, like. But I really miss Cronulla and all, dad was driving back up to GNS at uh, Carrying Bar here and glassing and he was still working on the world tour, uh, the straight Talk burry pair, Surfabout. about. So I was all, all, all there and um, me and my brother were just like all, we just wanted to be back in Cronulla as kids. So um, all my roots were here and then um, I ended up growing up down there, which was so cool, like all the reefs and Country people, like it was really cool growing up around footy players. I was I was a brickie and <laughs> um, and then um, my DNA was to be a shaper because I grew up all these guys as a kid. All, all the shapers were for Oki. I've been working for Banksy with Banksy for like ten years in Bali, and um, all the shapers. I, I just want to be one of them. And and they had a good life. They'd surf, they'd shape, they work, and when the surf was good, they go shape. I mean, where they go surf, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it was it was really good, you know. And then mm. I always wanted to move back. Um, I've lived around the world. I've, I have lived in Bali for a like for a long time, where I met you, Jed. I lived in Gold Coast, and um, and then last year I was like, "Fuck, I want to move back to Australia." And um, I said, to "My wife, I want to go back to Cronulla. I I I, I always wanted to move there, and never had the opportunity." And um, I did it, and it's been amazing because I wanted to do it not just from my dad's roots. Yeah, yeah. I had had all my roots here um, from you guys. Dad, Dad was here for a long time, and so many good reefs. Like I was like, oh, I got the Island Cape, you know. I was surfing with Kip and all the boys. So um, the airport's right there. I can fly in and fly out. And my factory's just down the coast of Wollongong, so that's an easy drive, so yeah. And despite yeah.
0: all of it, do you still hold regrets about not becoming one of the great Dapto Greyhound trainers? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I met my wife, at Dapto Dogs. No! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> On the
1: burbs at Dapto Dogs.
4: <laughs> the dish leakers, oh, mate. I had a combi, a 73 combi, and I was going for a drive-thru going to Dapto Dogs.
1: Oh, that's iconic.
4: Fuck, oh, that's good. Mate, that's as thirty a, years ago. That's about as solid a romance story
0: as I've ever heard. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, serious.
0: Summer's <laughs> here, day offspring. offspring. So yeah, oh, and uh, well, just, just, can you tell us what uh, you and Summer, Dylan's daughter, is an up-and-coming surfer. You don't know what are you guys up to tomorrow?
4: Yeah, so um, tomorrow we're going to Shipstones. So I've been taking Summer out the cave here and to my reefs and. Uh, Park's. And she's fully packing it. Yeah, she's fully packing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't think she has any choice for me because I'm still frothing, you know. I love it still. Um, I love making the boards and Parker's calling me. I'm, I'm, I'm the jet ski driver for the Red Bull Cape Fear. So Parco rang me and he's like, hey, how's it looking? And I'm like, he's a frother still, you know, so... Um, and summer's been charging, and so um, we're like... It's like a good little warm-up day. So, yeah, well, I caught, I made it today, the call. Like, I shaved all morning and then... Yeah, fuck it, I'm going. Sick, mate. And just like... Just so you know, like, Laura
0: Ennevar... And there's a, a handful of others, maybe Talia Redguard, yeah. There's a few slab Laura chases, McCauley. but... This is a new realm for women surfing. And your daughter's on the cutting edge and she's only 18. Like, she could... Yeah, dead set ride some of the most famous waves. Yeah, so it's it's no more pressure, summer. No, no really.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Well, like, I'm still doing it. I'm loving it, and and trying my boards and testing and taking all the boys, and and um, so I don't think she's really, you, you know, I think she's got it. She likes that feeling of barrels, and and because I'm still going out there, like, I'm like, you going? You want one? You know, like." And so she's kind of following my line, and and. Um, yeah, like if she wants to yeah, let's go.
1: <laughs> Far out. Oh man, that's so wild. Yeah, you must I, have I, found... I, my dad, the the
4: only thing
0: my dad told me into was my first fucking
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> So you're doing better than I am, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> though, no, look, look look, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfie's yeah. a great
4: bloke, Yeah, no cans. Yeah, yeah. No, look no, after yeah, me, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: But yeah, Dill, mate, you've had one of the most That's illustrious right. underground careers of all time, in my opinion. You've you've ticked every box. Like, when, when did the pro surfing dream uh, take shape for you?
4: Yeah, well, I'm not like these these two guys are legends, you know, like Cronulla Lords, you know, competitive. Um, I wasn't the best competitive surfer, so, um, but I was luckily Bill picked me up as a pretty young age, and I travel. Luckily, got to travel. Ock and Margot was my travel companion, and um, we kind of just travelled and. Uh, uh, free surfing for years, you know, and and then uh, Chopu become one of my spots. You know, I kind of really melted with that place, and um, and then later on become Nazare and and all that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Talk us through your memories of Chopes, man, because you know you you did it with the best, alongside the best of them, AI, Dorian, yeah. Laurie, Towner. Um Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. Just talk us through. I guess you you. Your experiences out there?
4: Well, it's funny. Like tomorrow, I'm taking um, Joel down, and that trip, I took Andy. Um, the contest was on you were in it, and uh, me. And I am Moe not went, in it. No, you were in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh this... no, I thought you meant. Oh no, no, no. So, I though oh, yeah, I was yeah, invited yeah. to the yeah. contest <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's on tomorrow. Yeah, I'll yeah, right. fly down. No.
0: <laughs> so, uh... hey, just quietly, would you would you accept would you an you invitation to the Red now? Let's go. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, me and Oki were commentating the Red Bull at ours, and um, fuck, we were just both sitting there, just like looking at each other, going, "What the fuck is this? This isn't even sport. This isn't even surfing. This is like this is like the Running Man. You just throwing yourself into a cage, and you all that's the only possible outcome is getting absolutely obliterated on rocks. That's it. Or all, all make it in
4: glory, but no one yeah. made a wave. Yeah, well, they, no, they, one made, yeah. no
2: one made a wave. <laughs> But Dylan, like talking about that that Code Red day, our uh, chauffeur. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a good day for you. Like, uh, yeah. there's a couple shots that you got, and a couple uh, waves, and it, that some of them were just the most roundest. and they were big ones too. Yeah. But they were like you were like as kind of as deep as I wanted to see people get. Yeah. You know what I mean? How was yeah. that day for you?
4: Um, that day was like so crazy. Um. I've been going there for a lot of the time, like kind of underground. Um, I was with Billabong, and my my tow partner was Manoa Drillette. and um, I, I spent a lot of years um, learning that reef, and learning my boards, um, towing lots of lots of boards, and getting beaten up, getting amazing ones. And um, and then I was just there for, with the team. I, I was just there, kind of helping the young guys. And it was our team manager Beau Edwards. It was his first trip, and and um, it happened in the middle of comp, and then I I seen the, the swell coming, and then um, Laurie, we just had the swell. Oh, we it was like five or six years before that with Andy, and I'd done some crazy swells with Dorian there, the solid swells, um, and then when that one came, it was just like fuck, this thing's like they're shutting the place down, like this is fucking crazy, like. And uh, They but, weren't gonna let anyone surf, right? Yeah, no, no one surfing. And I was with Billabong and all the fucking uh, lawyers and that. They were like, "Fuck, you can't surf," you know. Like, and I'm like, "Fuck off!" I'm going out there. I'm like, "Fucking!" And, and they're like, "No." I'm like, Fuck, "And I was arguing with Bo and Laurie's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're surfing." And I'm like, and and, and I was kind of lucky. Like um, the morning, I, I had my son there, Jay, and um, he was twelve on the trip. And we went out the boat and we seen this fucking bodyboarder. There was no one out and it was like fucking 44. And this fucking, yeah, this bodyboarder paddles in on a, the biggest thing, the heaviest thing I've ever seen. And he, and he fucking, he, he took off, paddled, and he free from the sky and fucking, and we're just like... What? Yeah, Brendan Newton. Uh, Brendan Newton, wasn't it?
1: That's my no, like iconic was a Tahitian. Oh, was a okay. Tahitian
4: dude. And we were just like, fuck. I thought this guy died. And we where we with this ta- ta- uh, French guy in a boat. And we are like, fuck. And he, he couldn't he could speak English. <laughs> and I had my son. I'm like, fuck, i got to get my son to land because the fucking whole ocean shut down. <laughs> and i like, fuck, I'm singing. i can got to get my son to land. And then, and then I said to Laurie, can we surf this fucking shit? And he's like, fair, fuck. So, and then I was, I was like, I was like to Bo, I was like, oh, fuck it, this is what we do. And he's like, you can't go out. And we're like, this is what we fucking do, you know? So we had to, um, so in the end, they were arguing, all the billabong guys, the officials, and, and um, they went, all right you guys are going to steal the jet skis and, and we so so we had to go on the compound and we had to tape up all the billabong legos yeah and so that we pretty much went we're, we're, we're you know we're turning back to this whatever happens to you so we're, we're, we're taping all the billabong up and then we just went out and we got out there there's no one out there yeah. I, went, I looked at the lorry and i was like where well, is everyone yeah. <laughs> yeah. sore backs And then we see there's like two boats, and they're like, oh, they're like like weird look in their face, and like, and then we just looked in, and we're like, fuck, big caves. And he goes, you going first? You go first. (laughs) And then I towed Laurie, and luckily I'd been trained there for years with with Manoa, and um, and then um, I whipped him in, and then he just got the fucking craziest barrel. And I picked him up and he was just like, Hold oh, deal, fuck. That was, <laughs> that was the fastest I've been in my life. Like. And I just went, ah, it's your turn. And then I always visioned. I, 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 I mentally, like, I just wanted to get deep in one of these massive things. I've been telling it for years. I towed Manoa into some double XL wards and crazy stuff. And then he um, whipped me in, uh, Laurie whipped me into one. And then I went a bit deep, and then I fucking pulled up, and I was just fucking like, oh shit, the whole fucking ocean where'd it go? And then I was just like fuck, and then I just remembered I just had to point my board this way, like, like and then and then I fucking hold on, I was just like, and I fucking made it. Yeah. and then and then um, God bless Ricardo Dos Santos my Brazilian mate that used to stay with us at Poppies and he was everyone just coming at me cuddling me like "Ah!" and I was just like "Ah!" shut the front door are you kidding me? trippy
0: still like You've got to, man. You've got to try to explain, because that's a a once-in-a-lifetime ride that probably, well, fuck. Only you have. Only you know what that looks like on the inside. Can you articulate? It was
4: like Kelly Slater game times (laughs) ten. Remember the Kelly Slater game? You're like you're in it and you're riding it and, fuck. I was just like, it it was. It was. I can't describe it. Smithy's played that on Mushroom, so
0: he knows exactly what he's talking about. (laughs) All right, and. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you actually just somehow try and articulate the energy
4: and the vision? Yeah. Can you do it? Just somehow? Okay. I just remember letting go and then I was on my inside rail and the fucking whole ocean stood up and then I was just like, and then it fucking the plug pulled out, the plug pulled out and I was like, holy fuck. And then I was just fucking, I was like, all right, got to go. And then I just fucking... I was going that fast. I What's felt like... And I just Are remember... Are going that fast? And then I was fucking, like, holding on, like... This, ah! And then... And then I was just, like, holding on, like, pressing with all my fucking... Some guy said, have you got six toes? And I was like, toes, like... Because on our back end, we're holding on our toes. And I was, like, just pressing so hard, holding... It. it was trying to suck me up the face. And I was like, ah! And then I fucking... I was just like, this is gonna kill me. And then I come out and then the thing was about to close out. And I was like, oh no, now I'm gonna deal with this. And then somehow I got my heel ledge in, kicked out, right at it closed out. And then that's when I was just like, ah! Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me sideways, that's a story.
1: Are you kidding me? Wow.
3: Hey, hey, hang on, hang on.
1: And you want your daughter to follow your line? <laughs>
3: Dude, I'm just pulling you up there, Summer. Where are you? Is that you? So, okay,
4: please. <laughs> just be warned. <laughs>
0: Mate, we've been, we've been doing rewarding. these shows
4: for <laughs> It's rewarding. We've been doing these shows for Well, that's for a what while. I was going to ask, Dylan. Like, I've
2: enjoyed some barrels out there, but tell me, are you actually in that barrel enjoying it, looking out, just going, this is cool, or are you just... You're not. you obviously not.
4: I. That is enjoyment. enjoyment for me i love it i love it yeah i love it that feeling is what i love you know the barrel whether it's this big the bigger the barrel the better the feeling
1: oh Oh, actually uh (laughs) yeah i love that mark healy quote i think it's from thundercloud he says uh you know Energy never dissipates. So the energy created by a storm travels to a, a reef pass like Cloud Break, uh in that example he was giving and then it turns into a barrel and the surfer who rides through that barrel, the energy lives on inside of them.
4: I believe it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Fucking for no. sure. For sure. Like, man, that thing's been travelling. We've been tracking that thing from Antarctica. Um, I'm going to Shipstones tomorrow with Summer and Parker. And I've been watching this swell. It's coming around Antarctica. These come from, like, thousands of kilometres away and it finishes on that reef. Whether it's um, shipstones or, or Chopu or Nazare, that's where it finishes all this energy, like, giant. Um, and we're part of it and it's, yeah, it's indescribable.
1: All that spit just blowing straight up your cornhole! <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah. You named fizzed it. for
4: years. Sorry.
2: Sorry, sorry dude. Do you name these things that you follow, you watch? Like, you know how they name cyclones?
4: Oh, they name them, but we don't name them, no. <laughs> no. That's that such a yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who names we them? We should. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Bureau names, the, they only name cyclones, but they actually don't name the big crazy stuff. don't stock. name those big lows. No. No. Yeah. You should name them. We should name them, yeah. 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 me <laughs> some names. Give me his name. It's such a
1: fine line, though. What you do is such a fine line. You you sit here and you're lucid. You're relatively scar-free. Not that disfigured as far as I can tell. But, uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, yeah, where is the line? Like, how do you judge whether to go or not? Like, I don't know. Like, what's the mental uh, process when weighing up? Do I fucking go this thing or not?
4: From years of getting battered as a grommet, Um, Pulling into clothes out barrels, doing photo trips, pulling into reefs, learning how to fall, um, many things, you know, it's all experience, you know, learning how to fall, learning how to deal with a bad situation. Um, I had a pretty bad situation in Nazare. I was like, fuck, you know, Um, I was surfing. It was a WSL day, you know, and I was like... Fuck! I just changed all my boards. I, I wrote a quad out there on the first day. I was flying over, and I got there, and they went, "Oh, f- we're going Nazareth. And I was like, "What?" And they're like, yeah, "You're right. You, you're so You're, you're sweet. We're going there." And then the next minute, I'm fucking. I was like, "Oh no! Am I gonna, um, am I gonna ride this wave, or is it gonna kill me?" You yeah, know? it looks so, like the most
1: fucked yeah. <laughs> setup ever. It's just like 50 foot. 100-foot teepees all over the joint, like, land on your head.
4: It Literally, I got out there. I got off the plane. I flew two days from Australia. And I I flew into Lisbon, drew to it, and they go, we're going to Nazareth. It's going to be 60-foot. And I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. (laughs) And I'm like, you're all right. You you surf choper. You're fucking... And then I was like, I had my choper board and I had a quad. And I was like, all right, fuck, I just want to go fast and outrun this thing. And... um, it was the worst mistake i've ever made yeah because our chopu there's i mean our nazare there's all these bumps it's like moguls and you gotta um you gotta hit the tops of them but i was trying to ride through them going really fast and um it, it um it, i fell off and fucking got caught inside and and then my mate picked me up and then there was a fucking 60 footer there and he picked me up and then he just went, like on the jet ski, like 80 kilometers. And I was like, fuck, holding on. And then I fell and I was like, one hand, I'm like, and the loop. And I couldn't hold on one hand. He was going like 100 k's an hour on the jet ski. And I, I, just, I just had to let go. And fucking 80, like 60 foot landed on me. And that was my first day at Nazare. And then... Two days – no, next year I went back there and they had the comp and I was making boards for Lucas Chumbo and all the boys and I was sick. It was so clean and perfect. And then we had this um, WSL um, day of towing and um, it was pretty windy and it was supposed to be the biggest swell ever, like the biggest swell in history. like. But it was too west. The Azores Islands blocked it. It was a bit west. Um, and then I was surfing it and I got some sick ones. I changed thruster, I mean from quad to thruster, put more weights in my boards. I changed it to like six kilos to ten kilos, which was a lot in a surfboard. You know, four kilos, it's massive. And then I got some sick ones and then I said to my guy, I said, give me one of them ones under the fucking, under the lighthouse, the big wedgie ones. And I was like, go, go, go!" It was the first wave of the set and I was like, and I got it and I was like, mm, and I was like, Ah, uh, shit, and I pulled off. And then um, as I pulled off, there was fucking 60 footers behind her. And, and the guy driving, uh, he was the second driver. As he picked me up, he went, oh, shit. And and as I went to pick the sled up, he took off. <laughs> and he left me there. And then Mate. I just went, my heart just went, No. And then I was on a tow board, a 5'10", with fucking 10 kilos. So I'm like this far under the water. I'm like flapping around like a dog. And I scraped over the first one. I was probably like 40, 50 feet. I just went, oh. And as I scraped over that thing, the fucking next one was about to break. And then I just went, fuck, Lord, help me. Mate. I mean, we've all been there, but...
0: We've, we've not been there at all. Like, we know the feeling. We know the feeling of that scratch, scratch, scratch. Everyone in this room knows. Like, everyone's scratched over one, going, fuck, I'm going to make it. Yes, and that. You're going, fuck, I'm going to make it. And yeah. then you just, as you cap it, oh, you're yeah. just going,
4: fuck, here we go. Yeah. Like, Mate, what? it was like that times a hundred. Yeah, exactly. I was just That's like, what I mean. It's like, fuck. what, what, give, give us a, an idea of the panic oh. that goes so, through... As I paddled, I was like, fuck. And then I never wore it inflatable. Bullshit. Oh, and never worn it. And and I went uh surfing Margot and Paco and Andy and all them years with oh, Dorian and yeah. at, at Chopu and Shipstones, we, we we never had it. It wasn't even available. So um that luckily that day he goes, Fuck, I gotta wear this thing. And I was like, How does it work? And I was like, "Ah!" and then and then I got caught in I was like, Oh fuck and then i just went as i went over i went fuck this i'm gonna pull this thing <laughs> <laughs> so i just went i had i had a bill suit on and i had this other one and i had four pulls i got two pulls and i just went fuck as i went over, i it was like one second i went i had to make a decision all right fuck and i was like am i gonna let this take me and then pull under it i went fuck it i'm just gonna pull and i went i pulled i went boom i got two pulls and i went fuck Oh, my God. And there's a photo. There's a photo. And the thing's pulled. And I just put my head down. And it's not even underwater. And then it's like, boom!
2: <laughs>
4: and then oh, it, drove me, it drove me about a fucking hundred foot underwater. Like, just fucking drove me. It was... And can you So you, heavy. Tell
0: us what your mind, what your mind's like. Are you are you conscious in that moment underwater? Like are you fully conscious? Thinking?
4: Fully. And then I was like, "Fuck my family. Fuck. What am I doing here? What? Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Serious. But I had to. Luckily, I had situations at Chopu, ship stones everywhere, and I just had to let it take me. It took me. I was like, "Fuck." Literally ragdoll. I was ragdoll. Like fucking. It was, like, just fucking ripping me apart. Like, felt like it was ripping my arms off. Fucking, I was just... And I was so deep. And then I had my... And I was like, fuck, I've pulled this thing. I'm going to come up, man. (laughs) When am I coming up? (laughs) When did you come up? Six months later? (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it
0: felt like it. (laughs) Like, fuck, man, this is so fascinating. Yeah,
4: and then all these fucking... Um Europeans are on the cliff They're watching it And I'm right under them And then I end Because I said Give me one of them ones on the cliff oh, yeah, yeah. So then I was right under the cliff And then the con- when the contest was on I was watching the paddle guys And when they got caught inside It's the death zone And I was like Fuck no I'm in this zone Where I was watching these guys And you get sucked back out And the, and the, the, the jet skis are- can't save you
2: Sorry, Dylan, I'm just trying to imagine you like cuz there was
3: that much pressure that you would have freaking popped up into the air and landed on the cliff with them. <laughs> My imagination wish, runs a bit I wild. Wish. The
0: best thing the best thing, I, I, the best thing about this story is that all those Euros on the cliff, they're all watching you drown going like this. Go. Hey. This is so great. The guy is drowning. <laughs> Man, it's like entertainment for everyone else. You're in the bull ring. So, how would you get And, out and then,
4: like, I didn't even know this is film live. And then when I, I finally come up and, and God bless my one of my brothers, Antonio, he come in and um, he was one of the first guys I met and took me to Nazare and we, we'd drink beers and smoke ciggies on the way to Nazare, you know. Like, he's, he's an Aussie guy, like, but he's Portuguese. And he goes, fuck, I'm going to fucking save him. And he come in and not one, not any jet ski will go to where he gone because he, he risked his life to save me and he did. He actually saved Summer's life when she was 13, Summer surfed it and um, same thing. She Wait, Summer
0: surfed Nazaré.
4: Yeah. Can we get a
0: fucking round of applause in here? <laughs> Holy shit.
4: So, so he saved summer first. Mate, look, I hate to say he this, but you're first. a bit of an irresponsible dad, okay? Yeah, I oh, know. I oh, know, like, fuck. Yeah. True. I oh, know. It's just a bit shit. You put me under pressure. You're talking about summer. But summer this yeah, is before yeah. your Summer. Situation. Yeah, this was before mine. So I went there shaping uh, Portugal for all the Europeans, and I shaped. They, they invited me to come, and um, all the all the um, Nazare guys go, we'll take summer there they, they see me taking summer out um outside corner at Ula's, and they go yeah she's all right let's take summer out Nazare. And, right. and i went all right just small day you know <laughs> so we took her and it, was, I'll, it was on the permission slip it was late <laughs> summer and um it was like maybe oh, eight to ten foot and um she was only 13 and uh and then um, we all got there, and I'm with two of the, oh, two of the best surfers and the best jet ski driver. Sergio He's had three jet skis in summer, and then I was just like, all right, all right, we're in safe zone. And Summer was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went there, and it was late Arvo, and it didn't pick up till late, and then the fog come in. And um, my uh, my mates who surfed the 60 to 80 foot days, they went, so they started towing Summer, and someone was like, fucking had the rope, and started towing. I went, Pfft. You know, just started bombing these waves, and they're like, holy shit! how's this little girl, you know. And I was just like, fuck, you know, please save her. <laughs> so yeah, and then um, she loved it. And then it was like about, and she goes, like, one more, one more. It was nearly getting dark, and she was like, it was getting bigger, and she's like, one more, one more. And then she got one more, and it was the biggest, uh, like, day. And it was nearly dark. It was fogged out. Scary and um, she went the first wave of the set and um, and then what she did, she made a rookie error. She, she looked back at the wave and it just it out um, and we wasn't thinking it was a big day so I didn't put any uh, inflatables, <laughs> which I should have. And then, uh, we just have a had some, little floaties. Yeah, on we we're, on like, uh, were like, it's just like a six day foot day. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't put the floaties on. i like, fuck. Make sure you put your floaties yeah, on before you surf Nazare. So, Put yeah, your yeah, floaties yeah. on. <laughs> and then what happens is you, you can't get out of the shore break there. You would know. You've been there. You, you just get stuck. So she got pinned. And then she got so walloped that she lost all her energy. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then I was out the back. And then I was, I was just seeing another one and another one. And then my mate, luckily we had a um, uh, life jacket with a thing and she copped two, I think three, and then he just went, fuck this, I'm going to save her. Like, this is my mate. We, we, we connected well. And he just went in and he just fucking grabbed her out of the shawory, like by the hair, and then rode it with jet ski and just went, bam! Up the and then saved her. And then she came come out, she was on the jet ski, just going, Whoo! And I was just like... I was just like, fuck. She <laughs> went out see? a girl... You're right, you're right, you're right.
0: She went out a girl and came in a swellian queen.
4: Yeah!
0: 100%. What a legend.
3: That's
1: fucking Christ of shit, mate. Wow. I am like... I'm fucking speechless. It's incredible. It's yeah, wonderful. there's some
2: amazing stories, Dil. Thank you.
1: I, uh, I mean... Still, like, your toe career, I guess one of the crowning glories of it must have been winning the uh, XXL Award down there at Shipsterns. Uh, You're telling me, on on the first ever toe board that you shaped.
4: Yeah, um, I was working with JS at the time. For I was nearly there for, like, ten years, which is so good. Like, um, he he taught me so much. And at the time, I started... um, I was towing you know um from lead and that and i just wanted i was shaving so i wanted to just start shaping my own boards for for towing so i made this board and i remember being in JS, and they're like what are you doing and i was like i'm making a tow board and they're like and then i went to the local um uh, wheel dealer um they, they they have these lead weights and to balance your wheels i couldn't find this lead so i went to a, like uh burry pairs ...and found all this lead and I was like, I stuck it on my boards... ...and I made this board, I made it, I made it heavy enough and this and that. And I, I never wrote it. And then this swell came up and I went with uh, Margot and Andy Campbell. And um, it wasn't that big. And then um, as the end of the day it got bigger and then Andy and that kind of stopped... ...and I just kept going and, and Margot towed me into this thing... ...and it's just turned into a full beast... And I was just like, step, step, like, and wrote one of the best ways of my life. And then uh, the board went amazing. And then it wasn't until about a year later I was at Chopu. And I didn't even know I was in the the wards, you know. And um, they rang me up from California and... They put me on the uh, telephone. It was like on the on the wall, you know, Mummy and poppies like old school. <laughs> They're like, "You won, yeah." And then um, two two days later, um, so I wasn't there. I didn't even collect my award. I didn't even know. And then I, I, um, two days later, it was 2005, and it was called the Solid Swell. And and Andy and Dorian brought my always. I, I was hopeless at competitions. Not like these guys. Um, and I always wanted one of them big checks, you know. <laughs> and they, they brought my big check, double XL award. It was like, you know, it was huge. I won five thousand US, and and I got handed to it by Andy and Shane, Dorian, and um, and then the next day was a fucking thirty foot tow day. So I was like, oh, fuck, this is the, you know. And then and then that day we went out to. Uh, Chopu, it was, it was fucking giant. And um, I, I didn't take it. I was there for a billabong trip. I didn't take my tow I was spewing this board that I won off Chipstone. It's like, fuck, I can't go get it. It's in Australia. You know, like I was spewing. And um, Dorian started towing and it was fucking, it was evil. And, and me and Andy were and sitting on the, po- on the boat with um, Poppy. And I was just like, holy, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then um, I said, to Andy, I said, can I borrow your tow board? And he goes, fuck yeah, man. He was like, he's like, yeah, you borrow it. So it was an Eric Arakawa tow board of Andy. And then uh, I went back in and and um, I, I towed on his on Andy's board, and it was the second wave behind uh, M- Remember Romana went over and the jet ski went over? So he went the first wave and then Garrett McNamara and then there was no wave. And Brock Little was told me it was the fucking biggest wave of the set. And then he towed me in and then it was a massive west one and it went below sea level and then I tried to make it, I tried to hold on, got nailed, thought I was going to die. Come on, come am I'm, I'm alive! And then when I look up, everyone's freaking at me. But they're freaking at me because Raymana nearly got killed by the Red Bull ski and we're all in the impact zone. So Brock Little's come in, he saved me. And then I had to save the Red Bull ski. And then we all went back to Mummy and Poppy's. And we we're all just culling each other. Going, what the fuck just happened? Wow. Did Reef McIntosh
1: copper serve for that? Did he copper fucking like, I mean, what was the, the word? Yeah.
4: So um, Reef was driving the ski. I didn't know Reef then, but I got to know him from that. <laughs> so um, Reef was towing, uh, Raymond was like, just drive the ski. Just tow me in. You'll be right. You'll be sweet. So he went the first wave of the set. And he went too close to the reef and if you get too close he he got caught in the ski and he jumped and threw the ski and then fuck luckily Ramon ducked because that's like nearly two ton going at speed, it would have took his head off and then I didn't know, I was out the back with Brock Little like the legends of all time, I'm like fuck you know, I'm like fuck, fuck. Brock's, Brock's Tommy I'm going to end his board <laughs> like my first toe and um, I didn't even know. And then Garrett McNamara goes, a legend all the time, and then he goes. Um, and then there was another wave, and we kind of let it go. It wasn't it? And then this massive one come. It was the biggest lump of ocean, and Brock goes, You're going. I'm like, Fuck yeah, let's go. Like. And then I remember it was just a beast. like. Um, so yeah, it was a crazy experience. Crazy. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Some of them, oh, yeah. endless, endless, endless fucking stories. Some of the names you're mentioning here too, man, like these are the most iconic hellmen of all time. Uh, you know, uh, AI, Shane Dorian, Laurie. I mean, talk us through some of the memories, some of the sessions you've shared with these guys.
4: Yeah, so it's funny. I'm going down there tomorrow to Shipstones with Paco. So um, it was, I was going with Margo, just me and Margo going in on a trip and the, the quickie pro was on at um, Snapper. And um, was caught off, so we went. We told um, Joel and, and Andy, and and they come, um, and then Laurie was just a grommet, and and I, was, I, I that was when I just started shaving for Laurie. He was like sixteen, and um, and then all come together, and then we were like fuck. I got Laurie, Margot, fucking Andy, and it was pumping. It was huge, and and that was the session when um, Laurie was riding a 7.2 of mine. And he he was like 20 foot deeper than Andy and he paddled that beast. And we were just like, wow. I was at the boat, I I just snapped my board. I was changing boards, I was seeing it. Andy got a toe bomb. I got the first wave, he got the second. I just remember um, it was his best wave, Andy. And um, I was right in the impact zone and Andy just coming deep, over the step, like in the barrel. And then, yeah, you remember the way. So and then, as, sick. As, he, as he comes out, I'm trying to sneak under. And then he just whips by me. And do you remember them fins that were steel? Um, yeah. They're like metal fins by FCS. He was right then. and was like, fuck, don't hit me. Because I knew what fins Dave he had. Dave Kalama fins. Dave fins. Kalama, that Kalama was fins. Dave Kalama fins, man. I yeah, had a set. Yeah, they're yes. fearful. That was it. He had these Dave Kalama, like full steel fins. And I'm like, I remember, I was like, fuck don't hit me, you would've just fucking cut me up. Would've slashed me and half. Yeah, so, and then I was like, but he pretty much high-fived me, and then we were back in the channel, like, high-fiving. Um, it was one of the best days ever. Like, everyone, Joel got crazy ones. Andy, yeah, it was sick. And Laurie, what he done, and then go on. And I'm stoked to be connected with Laurie and still shaving towards today. Fuck man, Laurie boggles
1: my mind. Like he's just the most raw, most talented waterman. Uh, just on a technical
4: level, like break down his surfing for us and just his approach in general. So his paddling approach is unbelievable. We call him Goldfinger. He's like got this magic touch. You know, <laughs> he's like um, the Aussie lad. You know, he's, he's he, he he. I'm making a logo for his new model. It's like um, uh, like the ocean man you know like water man he, he has his touch with the ocean so when he's paddling he just gets himself in a certain spot knows where to sit whether he's towing paddling he's just got this knack with the ocean um just really in touch with the ocean and then his ability to ride the wave and his style it's it's unbelievable what i've seen yeah yeah like yeah oh, like really up there with andy you know and and for small waves as well like waves, big guys
1: uh, you were down just at a, a bomby like, a few hours south of here. Uh, I think it was a couple months ago, January, yeah. on a fucking, like, just a nuclear day down there. You actually decided not to surf and run water safety that day. And I yeah. think it was Laurie's, uh, like, first crack at that spot. Uh, and he fucking had a blinder. Like, he packed a number of mental ones. Yeah. Talk us through that day.
4: Yeah, so it was massive, you know. We went there day, and Kip was here, local legend, young Kip Caddy. Yeah. Uh, He's one of the best out there for sure. And um for Laurie he was blown away. He was like fuck how's this like he could believe it but he he um fully packed it and like every wave like um and then I was coming back so I was working water safety and but for me as a shaper I was watching everyone I was working water safety but I'm like I'm saving someone I'm like looking at this guy how's he going? He's sliding. Okay, what are you writing? He goes, I'm riding a quad and I'm like oh shit and then I run Thruster, so I learned so much as a shaper so it was really good but Laurie yeah yeah, he went really good it was um, yeah he, he he loves it and then I rang him today because um I'm going down with Joel and said let's get the team back you know but he went down the last swell again we with keeping that and he broke his ribs so he's uh, recovering and yeah Mantle.
3: Yeah, honestly, he's one of the true watermen
4: of our age.
3: I think if you want to look for Australian watermen, I think Laurie is right there. Yeah, like, he's he's the Hawaiian waterman yeah. for Australians. For yeah, me personally, Laurie. like he's just so naturally talented and and just ocean wise. Like wow, he, he's a phenomenon. Hundred yeah.
1: percent. You
4: too, t- too, legend.
1: Uh, yeah. You're, <laughs> a, You're a freak.
4: hundred percent. Oh, oh, you know what? He um <laughs> he never rode a jet ski. And um, I took him to Chopper and it was like, fuck, it was like 20, 30 foot. And I was like, he come with me, I was like, fuck, you got you to gotta drive me. You know, he, he, and he goes, "Oh, but he, he grew up on Thundercats, you know, the thing, like, like motors. And I was like, you? I was like, you can do it, you're sweet. So he learned to drive a jet ski at fucking 30 foot Chopes. And, and you know what? So, so then... It was it was me, him, lad, and then he got me in a few. <laughs> and, and Just me, him, yeah, lad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and all. Then, <laughs> a, and then Healy was there, and then he got he. Uh, no, Dorian towed him into the first one. I was like fucking huge, and I was on the back of the. I got the boat. I'm drinking water, like all day, and. Uh, and then we just look and we're like no the whole ocean just fucking turns into a mountain you know and we're like and we just see laurie dropping into it but he was like 100 foot deep and we're like no so he pulled off and we're like no he pulled off in the worst spot and behind it mark healy's on a bigger one and we're like ah and we're looking at mark, he- mark healy's coming down dropping and we're like Where's Laurie? And he's like here. He had a jacket on, one life jacket because we didn't have inflatables back then. And he tried to swim under. So when I was like this, he was here. And we're like, so we're looking at him, looking at him, and we're like, no! And then Mark Healy, he comes down, he catches the front edge, does a backflip. We're like, no! And we're like, the thing's just like, oh, all happens so quick, you know. You know how quick it goes. It's like bam. We're like, where's Laurie? And then we look and he got through it. And when he got up to the boat I went, How the fuck did you do that with a fucking jacket on? Because you just have a jacket on and he goes, Oh she's underwater, just going, Boo, boo. <laughs> like,
3: hey, it's not where's Wally, it's where's Laurie? Yeah. That should be a full <laughs> a just full biggest surf <laughs> shots in the world of the most <laughs> angriest
0: waves and he's just But I remember um, Healy saying something similar about the twenty twelve Fiji swell. He, he was the deepest guy when that bomb set came, you know, the 60-footer or whatever it was. Similar, yeah. And he, he he was at the base of it. He took off his leggy, which I, I think they don't do normally because they, they need the skis to be able to find the tomb, tomb standing board. So he ripped his leggy, started swimming under it, and he reckons he did seven full... He reckons he swam 50 metres to get from the bottom underwater back to the back of the wave. So he was just going just pulling water and he was deeper than he'd ever been to get back to the surface once that wave broke.
4: And that guy's That's a freak, you know. Yeah. He's a, probably the best spear fisherman, freediver ever. Yeah. You know, and same with Laurie. But if it was one of us, it would have just went... <laughs> I still can't get past. Death.
0: I just can't get past this this yarn. Like, imagine me and Smithy going... Oh, who'd you go to uh, Norvies with on Friday night? Yeah, it was me, Smithy, Corbs, Gergs,
4: Laird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's he like? Give us an insight into the Laird alert. Oh, yeah.
4: He he is hilarious because I only knew him from North Shore with you, you know. Like, um, he was hilarious. I thought he was a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, was he? Lance, Lance Burkhard. Did you have yeah. much to do with him At North, on the North
2: Shore set? No, I mean, he was far out. He was led. I mean, he was untouchable. <laughs> Even then? Yeah, kind of. He was just like a god. Like, I mean, kind of, but he was a bit...
3: You know, here you go going. <laughs> man, he was a prick. Come on, man. He'd paddle out and just be like... He'd grab your leggy. Oh, man, he'd be, he'd be moving us around the lineup at Rocky Point. The guy couldn't do a Rio, but just like, you over there, yeah, you yeah. over there. Not inside me, bruh.
2: <laughs> nah, but I mean, that wave that he caught that Jack, when Jack McCoy... Uh, film that blue big blue wave like and he opened yeah. the whole floodgates
4: yeah. at Chopu, didn't yeah. he really? Yeah. I mean he That was the g- wave that we started dreaming of. We go, fuck we we would like Millennium mentally surf wave. that wave from yeah. the magazine covers and all that from that way. That was the wave. You know who fucking got
1: that wave just recently? He literally packed Laird's Millennium Wave. It was your man, fucking Matahai Drole.
4: Yeah Mat- Matahi is Unbelievable. And what he's paddling there, Chopu, he's like nearly changed the game. Like sitting on foam balls like way back. Like it's unbelievable what Matahi's doing. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. yeah. like, man. That, yeah, that crew from
1: that like Grom crew from the end of the roads blowing my mind. Mataho Yeah. Uh, yeah. Teta Pata, so they, uh, they
4: call it Tahitian roulette. Yeah. It's Tahitian roulette. So um, there's a whole heap of them now. Well, like when I was going there for years with Ock and all that, um, there was no one. And then they, all these young guys are doing it in the last like five, 10 years. And there's this whole group of them, they're pushing each other and they're just going gnarly paddling it. And they're like, they take turns. And then if you're up, you go. And if you don't go, you gotta paddle back to the boat and you're out. You're not surfing anymore. Wow. Yeah, you're wow. You're not, you're not here. You're not welcome anymore.
1: <laughs> That's loose. <laughs> That
4: yeah. is loose. And then what they're doing, they're going deeper and deeper, paddling these things, and they push each other to an extreme that's nearly unbelievable of tube riding. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Fuck
1: me, yeah, that's wild. And I mean, guys like Mataho, he's uh, you know, he's just some fucking local battler riding, uh, you know, boards that have been left behind by uh pros, and he's you know packing eight, ten foot fucking death slabs like paddling them. He's a lunatic. Yeah.
4: And then I was there um, two years ago for the comp when Owen won. So I go over there shaping and um, there's kids now. He was he was like 11. His name's Gilbert and on his backside and just packing like 10-footers paddling. I couldn't believe it because from what Matahi and that yeah. and Mataho been doing the last like 5, 10 years, it's like, it's cool. Mm. It's like, yeah. It's, it's funny
0: because, you know, like you're saying – how quickly the generations change. They see what can be done and it, it fully infuses into their blood and they know they can do it. Well, When I grew up in New Brighton, Bilesy was my hero, Jeremy Biles. ASP
1: 1991, and, uh, Rookie of the Year, Jeremy the year. Biles. Show the man some respect for me. And um, I don't know
0: if I was really inspired by, you know, the m- most of the things that I learnt from him, but I do remember this. I don't know why I'm going to tell this story, but it's so random. We were surfing uh, the bar together, and he—it was just the two of us. Uh, it was—it's in the. Oh, I'm, should I say it? No, I won't. I won't. You, you know the bar. We'll bleep it. we we'll yeah, you know, no, nah, you're not allowed to say anyway, it. Anyway, it's in the documentary. You might have seen it. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to actually cut that out of the podcast. But we're surfing the bar together. It's just fucking perfect. Ripping walls and stuff, and we get out and it's dark, and he goes. I go, oh man, can I get a ride home? It's about two k's walk back to um from the North Wall, and he goes, nah man, nah. you can't get a ride, but you can sit on the bonnet. And I'm like, it's a dirt road, it's windy, and I get on the bonnet in wet bodies and I'm all I can hold onto is a fucking windscreen wiper. And Bilesy just goes, fuck, how fast does this car go? And I'm just on the bonnet, just going sliding around, going
4: fuck, it's
0: just. Got home, luckily. But, uh, yeah, I think that's why I went bald. Yeah. <laughs> I've got with a ballsy
4: story. To...
3: Oh, give it to yes. us. Who <laughs> doesn't have a
0: ballsy
4: story? No one that knows it, him. It was the first ACC tour to Sambawa. And um, I was young. I was like, I was pretty innocent. I was a late bloomer. And... Um, and then um, I got shacked in a room with Robbie Sherwell and Balsy. <laughs> I can not believe it. But before that, the lead up, they're all in, ba- in Bali, run a mark, you know, and I was just young, just surfing, chasing weights. And then um, we get on the bus and they were just buckled, you know, like, and I'll be like, let's go with these guys. And then I ended up in the room with them. And, um, but on the way um, to Sambara, it was a uh, racetrack, a horse racetrack, and there were all these little horses. And um, and then Bowlesy and that, and then um, we're with all the mayors of, of Sambawa, you know, all the political stuff, and then uh, so and then we get in this grandstand, this racetrack, and um, and Will Weber, one of Bowlesy's partners, Scum Valley's finest, yeah, yeah, spit the so Will, king. Will comes in, and 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 then the race comes on. All these Indo guys on these horses the racetrack, and then. Will we'll, we'll, the race takes off and Will Webber's on a horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah man and he's there's, there's no there's no sting on the horse he's just holding around the neck and we're, we're in the grandstand I'm just like I'm about 90 I'm just like fuck look at these guys And but the mare this mare was just loving it and um, and then yeah and then they, they were like they were going out of the back, picking mushrooms and going, oh, look at this, try this one, you know. Like, <laughs> went, fuck. I just want to go surf. Hey, man, I was
3: there for that. Yeah. I was yeah, there. You were. You were. Was, Andy King was there for that yeah, too. Yeah. Andy King made the final out of it. That was loose, yeah. mate. Like, for sure. How, yeah. how did Will get into the zone to I get know. on that horse? I know. That, I how mean. funny was like, it? Was he was it? way bigger than the, yeah. the Indonesian jockeys, let oh, me tell you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> That was, a. Hey. My favourite
0: Bilesy quote is um, <laughs> he, came in, he came in from a surf and someone went, fuck, is it crowded out there? And he goes, mate, it's so crowded there's at least 20 of the top 16 out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. He also, uh, he was coming back through Sydney right when they introduced sniffer dogs in the airport and he saw this dog sort of sniffing his bag and he, he went, fuck off and booted it. <laughs> Next thing he's just been over in a back room getting his asshole fingered. <laughs> oh, he made some classic bungles. He's, he's going good though. He's all right.
4: That has, was, he, has,
0: that he, was, has he still got his board story out the front of Borough, leading to Borough? No, but uh, that was a funny story too. I was going to Splendour once when he owned the old Sky Shop. And I was like, oh, there's Biles. He was sitting in a deck chair. There's like a million fucking hipsters all going to Splendour when it was at the uh, Boulogne Fields. They're all in there, you know, top knots and they're fucking linen. And as they're walking past, Bozzy's sitting there with a long neck. It's like nine in the morning. He's going, Oi! Come and buy something or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. I mean, Billabong could learn from that marketing campaign. <laughs>
3: Hey, not to be discredited, the guy was rookie of the year, beat Current three times that year. Yeah. It was like gnarly what no, he did. He's, he's a survivor man, he's a fucking
0: absolute legend. He was probably the most important person in my life in my younger years. He was. You're getting him. emotional. Oh, I love him. I love him. I do love him. Um, all right, guys, what about a round of applause for our panel? <laughs> Next level. Fucking, what a night. Oki, thank you so much, dog. All the way back from the beaches. Good luck with your charges tomorrow. I think it's gonna run. Uh I think everyone in this whole country. How do you know? Well I've got the inside fucking. <laughs> no, um, I think that everyone in this country wants Callan to win a comp. He's just so ready. He's so poised. Bring that on. He seems, yeah. I got money on him. He seems like he seems like the guy most likely for Australia right now. Like, he, he's just so... Don't you reckon... For sure. The
1: only guy doesn't want him to win a comp in this country is Kingy. Get him!
3: <laughs> oh, no,
1: oh, no, no, no.
0: Um, before we wind up, we're going to open the floor up to the Swellians. But before we do, we've got a little game that we like to play. And... Uh, we, in the last few uh, nights out, we've had a drag race, but it's not your average drag race, it's a corn drag race. So we need three volunteers, and what we're going to do is give away uh, three vouchers. One's for a new Billabong Graphene Weddy, 100% recycled and the best weddy on the market, and a $500 Billabong Adventure Pack and a custom shoes voucher as well. And all you got to do, don't worry, you don't have to shove it up your ass like the guys from Bondi. They just... <laughs> Mate, they just dropped their pants and just started shoving corn up their dates like it was fucking... Well, that's not the game. That's actually not the game. They <laughs> and go, he ate it. You took just... a bite out of it. It's so good, though. But yeah. um, we need three volunteers. We're going to clear a track down the middle. Grab a piece of corn. All you got to do is drag it without using your hands from the back of the room to the front. First one gets the graphene wedding.
1: You might want to explain the concept, Vaughn, just a little bit better, because we don't want to repeat of last night.
0: We definitely don't want to
1: repeat. So they, they basically, if you ever seen a, a dog dragging its bum, that's the that's the technique, essentially. <laughs> On your marks.
0: Get it. Corn two, corn. Corn two, corn. Corn to corn. Corn two, corn. Corn two, corn. Corn to corn. He's got it. He's up the middle. Ask us a question. We'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. You yo, yo, yo. All right, Swellians, who wants to ask a question to the panel? We got Aki. we got Dog. Let's do this. What's your name, mate? Jordan. Jordan, yeah. i got a question for oki. I was, in a, I was in year six and I had to write this uh, story and I had to interview my grandma and she was like, uh, and it was a question who, who uh, was the most famous person that you met growing up and she, uh, she I, I had to interview her and I had to write down the questions and she goes, and her answer was, Oki, and I said, oh, why is that? And she goes, Oki used to deliver me the paper every single day in Kanoa. So I want to know if that's true or it's not. It's true. Or if she's telling yes. pe-
2: or porky pies. Nah, she's not telling porky pies because I did do a, a paper run. And, uh, yeah, that that was one of my jobs. And i um, I used to do the milk run, too.
3: Hang on. One of your jobs, mate. I don't remember One your work and that... Too. You've had then, three yeah. jobs so far. I reckon that's three more <laughs> you... than you've ever had in your life. Wind and uh, sea, the fucking paper run, and the fucking milk run. You've got to be kidding me, man. I want this fact checked. <laughs> come on, let me claim
2: it. <laughs>
0: what saying, man? No. Come on.
2: I did, I did. I promise you. I remember delivering strawberry milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Strawberry milk. Who's got a question for the panel? Anyone? we got one over here. What's your name, bro? Bruce. Bruce. Uh, Orky, did you hang on to that karate stick? Oh, the
2: freaking karate stick story! I'm so sick of that story. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm that's fucking, okay. I don't think. Yeah, I have massive respect for you, mate. No, no, no I saw you in the dunny. It's okay. The karate stick story. Ooh. Um, yeah, like. Where Kelly. was my invite? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, uh, yeah, that story sucks. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, karate stick? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, and he had this karate stick thing. Anyone else? Who's got a question for the panel? Here we go.
4: For anyone that listens to the podcast, my name's Adam from here, obviously. For anyone that listens to the
2: podcast or heard it before, Bainy's story about being in that huge wave and getting fucked up there, it's pretty gnarly and it's a pin drop in a room kind of story. You brushed it off and, and told us about it Pretty lightly. Tell us how you got out of that
3: situation and, and give us the real story. I just followed Simon Law's lead, mate. <laughs> went, up <a> <laughs> went up a tree. Now, honestly, I, d- I don't want to be all serious, but it's just really disrespectful to talk about stuff like that when people died. I survived. I've got to be respectable, respectful for the... Um, the the people that didn't survive, you know, and I just feel like you're making, f- oh, it's not a thing to be funny about.
1: Like. Nah, nah, nah. Like,
3: honestly, like it was heavy, man. Thousands of people died.
1: And I mean, I don't want to probe too far into it, but was like, you know, was there? Were you surrounded by death in the jungle? Was there? You know, you must have come across a lot of death and suffering on the way out of that disaster. Oh, it was
3: heavy, mate. We were running for dry land and seeing people with it. You know, limbs ripped off and shit. You know, it, it was up. gnarly, mate. Like it was car accident times thousands. So yeah, it's like yeah, it took me a while to deal with that one. Like I think a bunch of the guys are still dealing with it. You know. Um, so yeah, but I, I'm more I'm I try to sit with the victims rather than you know the survivors.
1: Yeah, nah, fair nice, enough. Well served. Nice
3: dog. All right, what's
0: your name, bro? Cameron. Cameron, what do you got? Got a question for Dill in regards to that chope story again. I know everyone, when you were talking about how wide the barrel was, just want to know, uh, in comparison to the room we're in right now, say you're in the barrel, <laughs> side to side, <laughs> give us some fucking perspective. <laughs> Great question.
4: That's a fucking beauty. On you, Cam. Is it on? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, like, it was, like, so good it was like you know it was like this room but like the inside of the room the bigger the barrel the better so the inside of the room was just like the inside of the barrel was like at least this, this and I was throwing over that and then but it was going below sea level and I was going down, down, down it was like the plug and, and it was fucking massive and I was like but I could feel it just want to eat me. I was like, I was pulling me up like. Uh, and then I was just like, I was going so fast and I was holding my rail like this. So normally on a backside barrel like this. But I was just like. Uh, you see, you see the picture. I'm like. then uh, I was just like, fuck. It was fucking amazing. It was sick. It was sick. Wow. All right, Benny.
0: What do you got, bro?
3: I've just got um, two famous names from back in the day that I'd like you to elaborate on a little bit. Dylan, for you, it's Eddie the Predator Blackwell. And for the Shire boys, it's Andrew Murphy.
0: Yeah, Go. Okay. You go first. Great question, mate. He's a heart I don't know. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Andrew Murphy, Um, that was, yeah, he was a really nice guy. I remember being in Fiji, actually, and... Um, ...still to this day, every time the song comes on... ...that he was singing on the radio, I, I think of him. Uh, he's a good surfer and, um, you know, and that sucks. Uh, we've lost a few to, to that, you know, suicide... ...and it's really sad and it's a problem. And, um, you know, we... Yeah, it's, it's a really hard one but he was a good man. I yeah. was out
4: voodoo the other day and one of the... Uh, ...when I was growing up, so I'm going to go back to uh, Predator a minute... But um, when voodoo was good, so I moved when I was young, and I was too young to surf voodoo. I was like fucking seven. So um, one of the visions I had of, of voodoo was of Murph, of getting this crazy one. I don't know who might have been Stroey that filmed it, but it was the sickest wave. But I was out there the other day, and I was thinking of that wave of Murph. So cheers to Murph, cause he was a legend, and I loved him. So yeah, cheers to Murph. Well, he way is a legend.
2: I had that same image at
3: Voodoo. Yeah, that biggest, one, craziest barrel really, I've yeah. ever seen. Full grower from years ago. Yeah. I'll just add to that that that's just such a, a sad tale, you know. Adam Brown's here, like his best friend and Kim and and those guys really like raw nerve for us from this this town. And um, but yeah, look after each other, brothers and sisters, you know. On your dog. Yeah. Well done, <laughs> mate. And uh, the
0: predator deal.
4: Yeah. So um. Uh, I, I grew up down the coast and um, met some crazy dudes. And one of the guys I connected with was um, Eddie Blackwell, uh, nicknamed the Predator. And um, when I was a first year apprentice at uh, Wollongong TAFE as a brickie, I uh, met this dude with the crazy dreadlocks. He was like, Come smoke some bongs with me. And he was like, right, yeah, so we'll go. He had this HJ panel. It was like the um, Sandman. Sandman. We went in the Sandman smoking caves. i like, Whew. Just come back and look. Like, I was like that ripped, and then um, me and him just we connected, and he was—I think it was the only time he ever worked. But um, he he invited me, and um, I grew up with um, a couple of the Robin, Robo brothers from Balambi and we used to surf this reef down the coast, and nobody was allowed. And um, I'd go up to them, and then uh, they we would just go out, and anybody come out, he'd uh, predator run over them on his the boat. He'd be on the boat, and he was just like, Rrr. He'd run him over, and was just like, "No way! This is one of the best waves in the world!" And then if a bodyboarder come out, he'd get on the boat and try and run him over or beat him up. This guy was gnarly, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" I was so lucky to to he took me in under his wing, and then we'd go back to Milami and smoke some caves. and we we go back out there, and it'd be just pumping like crazy. This wave. This wave is so crowded now and I look back and I'm just like, fuck, I'm so lucky to to surf this wave and then um, this guy he's like a cartoon character mate and he, he's he's got the biggest heart of goal and but he's the scariest looking dude in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. So and then he become he at G land he's the best surfer like in and the deserts, you know. Anyone to surf it? He'd just surf it like ten foot, and he'd be just going, just oh, going, boom! And everyone's just like, "What the fuck?" This guy was just unbelievable, like full biggest underground legend ever. Yeah, Fucking biggest underground system. legend ever. Yeah, mate.
0: Of- all right. One last question for the night, and then we're gonna wrap it.
1: Hey, uh, just a quick announcement too. One of the corn lords has uh, lost a car key, so uh, check your pocket. Here it is, mate. I think someone doing the butt drag. <laughs>
0: Blake Johnston, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Tell you what, he looks like the techno Viking. Let's see some fucking shapes, bruh. Wah wah. Hold You can give it to a grummy down at the comp. Blake, good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming tonight. Um, fucking love you. You are a fucking number. dead set legend. Uh, what's your question for the panel?
3: Well, my questions for uh, for dog. Sorry, I'll just. I'll look really bad on the mic but questions for dog we grew up um I love this place I love the people I love where we live it's amazing and you've been an inspiration on so many people in this room especially I was too young to ever see Oki even surf at Cronulla before he moved away but um with TT he's had such an influence on everyone around him do you actually still are you super proud of you from this place and do you still love it when you come back and um you know how much does it really mean to you you know Oh, thanks for asking it, man. That's that's like could tear up. <laughs> no, it's gnarly. You get like DNA, I think Dylan mentioned it. It's like the D and up of your upbringing and you might move. I live in France now I've been there for quite some time, but I still come here and I feel so connected. It was it's gnarly. And this place has changed so much and I kind of bitch about it, but when I come back, I just feel really at home. It's this feeling I can never shake. So yeah, I just want yeah. Thanks everyone. Like I, I don't know. It's just, it's just in your soul, oh. mate. It's my soul, man. And and, I mean, the three of you guys, you know, like you are like
0: you're never separate from Cronulla. You, no one ever says off from the Gold but, Coast. No, no one ever says yeah, no, no. But uh, people I, do I, say deal from the South Coast. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> a, a lot of people didn't know I was from Cronulla. Yeah. You
4: but, know, but, but these two are off, the you but know.
0: But I, for yeah. you. Sorry. Yeah.
2: No. I so many times just have that this weird feeling to move back and like and i always think about it and i think about you know like you know the gold coast is a rat race but i love it but i mean not the rat race but i just love my family and and um how they they're all there and and where i am there but i always think like i could move back you know at any any time and i think
0: about it a lot and then you think of todd carney and you go i'm glad i stayed up the coast (laughs) Mate,
3: what's wrong with a bubbler?
4: <laughs> I'm only talking. Do you know what's really funny? Uh, I travel around the world and because I'm from Cronulla when I was a kid and before I moved back here, so, so many people everywhere we go, they're from Cronulla, everyone. But a lot of people move away. Like a lot of Cronullians move away. They're up Cabarita and Goldie and around the world. And then so for me to come back and do the opposite was so cool and I love it here. On your deal. <clears throat> Oregon is one of the greatest surf uh, towns in the fucking world,
0: and uh, I'm so stoked that we got to bring the circus to you guys tonight. Thanks for having us, The Shire. Let's get a group shot with the panel.
3: We're gonna get everyone in the front row.
0: Come on down, we're gonna squeeze in, we're gonna get a big group shot together to celebrate the night with Oki, Dog, and Dill.
4: Come on down.
0: Three, two, one.
4: me you're kidding
1: me you're kidding me right are
3: you kidding me this guy are you kidding me are you
1: kidding me are you kidding me are you kidding me are you kidding me
3: are you kidding me you kidding me you kidding me
1: you're kidding me you've gotta be kidding me
3: you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding
1: me
0: you've gotta be kidding me oh you gotta be kidding me
2: you gotta be kidding me you've gotta be
1: kidding me you gotta be kidding
2: me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be kidding me.
1: You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?
0: you kidding me? You're kidding me, right?
1: Are you kidding me? you kidding me. You kidding me? Are 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 you kidding me right now? Are
4: you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Are
3: you fucking kidding me?
1: Are you fucking kidding me? 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 you to be fucking kidding me.
3: Are
0: you fucking kidding me?
1: Check out Ned's open groups. Now in the Ned's app. NEDS Open Groups lets you connect, bet and banter with hundreds or even thousands of like-minded punters on your favourite racing or sport codes. See expert tips and add them to your bet slip. It's group chat, but on the NEDS level. Download the NEDS app and take it to the NEDS level. T's and C's apply and available on the website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We cover trucks for landscapers,
0: trucks for cabinet makers, even trucks for people fixing circuit breakers.
1: You mean electricians?
0: Yeah, but it didn't rhyme. Specialist insurance for trucks that keep small business moving. Truck Assist. It's what we do. Terms and conditions apply. Seek independent advice before making a decision.